The cinemas, the silver screen, the theater, the big screen. No matter what name you give these houses of film, there's one thing we can all agree on. We love to go to the movies. Looking good, Francis. Well rested. Like you've been pitching, not catching. Play long enough, you never change the stakes. The house takes you. Unless, when that perfect hand comes along, you bet big, and then you take the house. I'm the dude. So that's what you call me. If you ask me, everybody in this theater is a giant sucker. Especially you. It's a bit nipply out. I mean nippy out. <laughs> what am I saying? Nipple. <laughs> I'm gonna die. I'm gonna die historic on the Fury Road. Win or lose, we're gonna walk out of the stadium tonight with our heads held high. Well, a, a boy's best friend is his mother. We have had a doozy of a day. Real doozy. I only eat popcorn. Well, I'm getting ready to watch a video. Really? What? Oh, just some scary movie. Welcome to Chuck Goes to the Movies. And now. Here is your master of cinema, Jeffrey Chuck Norris. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Chuck Goes to the Movies. On our last episode, we were joined by Ian from Best Film Ever Podcast, and we discussed the great romantic comedy, Forgetting Sarah Marshall. It was a great conversation. If you haven't had a chance to listen to it yet, please go out there and listen to it. But I have a really fun guest lined up for today, and before we go meet him, I just have a few requests as usual. Be sure to follow the show on Instagram and Twitter. Fuck Facebook. Rate and review wherever you get your podcast from. All reviews will get a shout out on Instagram or the show and the show. Also, be sure to check out my Patreon page. It's a wonderful way to support creators like myself. So now, gather your superhero friends, prevent the unity, and let's go join our guest in the home theater, since this never actually played in a real theater. So... Before I introduce today's guest, I do have a formal announcement. Please, please, please do not listen to this episode if you have not watched this garbage movie yet, because it does contain spoilers. We will be talking about this movie in semi-detail, and uh, do not continue unless you uh, just want to hear about it without watching it. So you've been warned. So today's guest is a returning guest. He hasn't been on the show in quite a while, but uh, he had quite a fantastic run with his last episode, staying in the top 10 most downloaded episodes until just earlier this year. Danimals, welcome back to the show. How are you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. Returning returning semi-champion. Yes, yes. Uh, maybe, uh, maybe we can get you back into that top 10 today. Uh, I want you to know something, Dan. You're actually joining me on a very special episode. This is episode number 50 for the show. Okay. Yeah. All right. so good. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm excited. I can't believe we finally made it to 50 episodes. And it's... That's that's a celebration. I can, we can cheers on that. Yes, right? Yeah, cheers. Absolutely. <laughs> so uh, Dan is uh, drinking uh, a beer from one of my favorite breweries, and I'm jealous. Saved it for you. <laughs> And I'm just drinking a, a Diet Coke and rum, so because I'm oh, trying the to rum, lose the rum, sh- the rum shall remain nameless. No, no product placement here. Oh no, I'll talk all about it. So <laughs> it's a uh, Pilar rum, not Sailor Jerry's. No, I'm not working on the Sailor Jerry's. Sailor Jerry's is like third bottle in, so I'm almost done with this one, as you can kind of see there. Uh, Fancy but, uh, bottle though, that means something. Yeah, it's a 
I really like it. It's a good one. And then right behind it, I have a local rum right here in Wilmington from End of Days Distillery. And it's really, really good. And then I'll move on to the Sailor Jerry's. Um, Gotcha. So aside from what we're going to be talking about today, which is going to include a movie and possibly so much more considering you and I tend to go on tangents quite often. Have you been watching anything recently that you would like to recommend to our listeners? Oh, no. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm typically late to the game when it comes to a lot of shows. <laughs> I, I, t- I typically let the, let the things kind of percolate a little bit and then get feedback from other people because the, it's just as far as shows go so oversaturated. <laughs> Uh, I, I would like to say that I saw a really good movie that was, uh, recommend, well, I, my personal opinion, it's a good movie. Um, but it was recommended to me by somebody else and I would have never noticed this, but it was completely off my radar. It's on Hulu. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was, it's called, uh, um, Palm beach. Oh yeah. That's the one you were texting me about. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, <laughs> I texted several people. But yeah. <laughs> Really good spin on Groundhog Day. If you're if you've seen Groundhog Day or Edge of Tomorrow, it's it's just another uh, unique, my my opinion, genius spin on on the on the concept of of Groundhog Day. Okay, I'm gonna have to. Uh, God, I don't even remember how to log into my Hulu. It's been a while, so yeah, I'm gonna no, have to figure that out. The, yeah. Um, yeah, I've heard I have heard good things about it. Um, it's got uh, Andy Samberg in it, right? That's right. Yeah, that's right. Which I'm I'm generally a fan of his but you know like i never saw pop star never stop stopping uh you know i never i never i don't i don't tend to subscribe to his his kind of slapstick kind of of humor and that's why when i heard that this had andy samberg in it believe me i have my doubts uh you know he's he's definitely an odd guy um i like brooklyn uh, nine nine oh yeah yeah it's it's a funny show and that fits that fits his style Yeah. yeah Um, but no, honestly, I, I can't say that I really like any, uh, Andy, almost said Adam Sandler. They work together a lot. Andy Samberg, uh, led movies or anything like that. I just, I'm not typically into it, but I, I like his music. If that helps him any, you know, the lonely Island, it makes me laugh. I, yes, I love all the lonely Island stuff. Don't <laughs> get me wrong. Uh, oh, uh, have you ever seen such a bizarre? It's a bizarre show. He was only in the first season of it, which is a shame. And uh, it's called Cuckoo. No, no. And, and by the way, I don't want to correct myself. It's Palm Springs, not Palm Beach. I, I, my, my, my head's in Springs. Uh, right yeah, Sorry. you know what? You're right. Sorry. You're right. But Sorry. it's okay. You corrected yourself. No, there. It's this wacky show. It's a British, uh, British show. He's like he's like the only American on it. Uh, it was Cucko. Cuckoo. C-U-C-K-O-O. Um, bizarre, but I actually found myself just like breezing through the entire first season. So, And then uh, Taylor Lautner came in on the second season and took over. And I'm like, ah, this is not the same. This is not the same. So uh, uh, I'd say go man. check that out uh, if you uh, feel adventurous. And So, so you're anti, anti-Jacob. Got it. I'm team Jacob. <laughs> I just don't like Taylor Lautner. <laughs> yeah. um, for what I've been watching, I've got um, I've been I started that Star Trek show Picard recently, and I'm actually digging it. Uh, a lot of people so, hate so, on uh, it. Kind of. Can you can you give me the um, the brief kind of? I mean, because obviously it's sci-fi, but in terms of genre, is it like a 
somber kind of tone because it's not exact. It's like a Logan Picard, right? Yeah. I mean, isn't, it, isn't it kind of like the twilight of his life slash career kind of thing where it starts off that way. It starts off very slow, um, you know, facing retirement. Um, yeah. And then slowly he's kind of being dragged back into the drama of, you know, things that have been happening with Starfleet and things like that. So it is picking up. It, it's a drama. It really is a drama. There is some action, but uh, I, I would label it as like a sci-fi drama. It's as nothing like, um, you know, the next generation show or anything like that yet. I mean, I'm only about well, yeah. three to four episodes in, so I'm sure it's going to start my, getting that direction. My general uh, take on it was that it was more of a more of a dour kind of. It's not like an not like an adventurous kind of Star Star Trek uh, show. Mm-hmm. Tell me, there's at least tell me there's at least one. I'm too old for this shit. <laughs> well, basically, yeah, he you know he's <laughs> kind of in that mindset. Like he he's getting really old. You you can. They were playing that up very heavily at the beginning of the show where they're talking about, you know, his kind of like his frailty. They think his mind is going a little bit and stuff like that. But, you know, um, that's what that's how retirement gets people. And all it can make me think of is, um, oh, but he retired. He's an admiral now. So he's a retired admiral with Starfleet. And um, it makes me think of the movie Generations when he's uh, interacting with Captain Kirk and Kirk told him. Don't don't let them promote you. Don't do it. Just stay. Do whatever it takes to stay in that captain's chair. And obviously, Picard didn't mm-hmm. listen, and he suffered the consequences for it. And that's all I can think of. So uh, I recommend giving it a try. It's on CBS. Um, I would I would wonder. One thing is that we're all nostalgia heavy these days, and I know that they brought back at least a few characters. I know they brought back Data for that show. Yeah. Um, uh, do they go nostalgia heavy on it, trying to bring back all, trying to reintroduce all the same elements and characters and stuff? Uh, Data is so far is the only one that they've uh, really gone heavy on because uh, he, at least the thought of Data is heavily um, a big part of the theme. While they so far he's appeared just in one episode that I've watched, um, he's been mentioned multiple times throughout every episode that I've watched. So he he's an important. I don't want to go. I don't want to go too far down. Yeah, the I know. Yeah, let's not go too, go far. too far. Down the um, I, but, I've but kind I, of I gone ahead a little say, bit and looked to see uh, like what former cast members from the show came back and, uh, um, you know, Brent Spin. Uh, uh, he's plays Data. Never mind. Uh, Jonathan Frakes uh, comes back for one episode. Uh, and then uh, I can never remember um, the uh, the woman's name who uh, plays uh, Deanna, Troy. Deanna Troy. Yeah, she's back for one episode. So I honestly don't know if they're in the same episode yet or not. Uh, I haven't gotten that far, but I know those are the th- uh, so those three from the original cast. And uh, they, they they're all mentioned because like so uh, without giving too much away, he wants to assemble a crew and go on this like adventure uh, to uh, stop something from happening. And uh, somebody asked him, like, well, you know, with one phone call, you can have so-and-so. And they listed off, like, his whole, like, officer crew. And he goes, that's the problem. They would follow me blindly no matter where I went. So, no, I'm not calling them. And I'm going to leave you there. Kind of, kind of meta. Kind of meta. They don't want to do this anymore. Yeah, no. Um, and that's all I got. That's all I got for things that I've been watching because I've been trying to, uh, you know, watch Justice League and 
stuff for uh upcoming episodes of this show and then but i just i wanted to excuse me i wanted to watch something new and my brother had been talking well, about the card so i finally gave it a try i mean i'll, I'll give you a quick rundown obviously i i've, I've the, the two shows that i've watched in the interim since i've talked to you well mandalorian obviously yeah. we, we talked about that i mean it's kind of over uh past overdue at this point uh wandavision i saw i'm, I'm still watching falcon i'm watching all of the star wars uh and marvel kind of shows so I'm, I'm caught up on all that um i just feel like it's it's not it's not my place to plug those because everyone everyone's, everyone's watching. either watching them or not watching them at this point uh, there's some people like kevin some people like kevin that i have to say hey man stick with it don't give up after two episodes. Uh, that, and that's what I did on WandaVision. I did the first two episodes. I'm like, this is bullshit. I don't want to watch yeah, this. Yeah. And then my I, brother's I like, agree. do it. Watch it. Watch I agree. it. Watch it. it was I'm so glad the I The first three, first three were a slog. I will give you that. Mm -hmm. But by the fourth episode, you're like, ah, it means something. Yeah, <laughs> because, yeah, about four or five episodes in, all of a sudden, those first few episodes have a lot of meaning and you can right, appreciate exactly. them a lot more. So exactly. I'm going to wait until the first season of Falcon and the Winter Soldier is done before I watch them. I want to watch them all I, at once. So I've been avoiding spoilers and everything. Fair, that's fair. I I would. I, it's only two episodes in. There's not many spoilers yet to share. Um, and I think it's only six episodes total. So I think it's one of those shorter seasons. Yes. But they're longer. Like they're supposed to be more of a cinematic kind of thing where like, all right, there are many movies that feed all together. You could probably watch them all in one mm -hmm. and it could feel like a long movie like justice like league. justice league yeah exactly um, oh i also watched tenant i also saw tenant too oh okay thoughts oh uh okay uh yeah 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 uh, i want to know how uh, you feel about uh, tenant uh i i love the premise i also I, I of course love christopher nolan i'll watch anything he does uh, very genius concept. It kind of had all of his, all the elements of all of his movies kind of roped into one in some way or another, like all those same kind of uh, uh, story concepts. I don't like how it essentially requires multiple viewing. I don't like how you can't watch it once through and be like, good, I'm done. Mm -hmm. Like there's a lot of movies you, you, that are enhanced upon second viewing. Like you see things and it makes more sense and blah, 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 but you shouldn't have to see a movie twice to fully understand it you know what i mean like that that that's the part that really kind of got me mm -hmm. you know i'm sitting here we we i had to consider whether to rent or buy because you know it, it's not out in theaters and it's not on a streaming service you have to rent it or buy it and i had to buy it because i know i'm gonna have to watch it twice <laughs> <laughs> it's a scheme. uh yeah um i've only seen it the one time and uh i i, I was intrigued by the story um I was kind of in many ways underwhelmed by it as well. Uh, I really felt like there was a lot of for Christopher Nolan movies. I come to expect like a lot of action and uh, don't get me wrong. There was, this there was, was action and like, I love those fight sequences. Like those were mind bending. Pieces, not fight much sequences. in between. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it was kind of disappointing in a lot of ways. And, but what ruins the whole viewing experience for me, and I'm told that it was a lot better in theater versus uh you know the i imagine it was and and for one reason one reason only the sound yeah the sound had to have been better the sound was awful watching it at home like i had the volume turned all the way up so i could hear what they're saying i had closed captioning turned on 
it, it's you cannot watch this one time through no. without the closed captioning. Yeah. Like you have to have it. If you're just watching it once, closed caption is mandatory. And I don't say that about any movies. <laughs> I'm all about closed caption, even if I can hear the movie or not, because sometimes you'll like, I'll watch a movie and I've seen it a million times and then I'll have the closed caption on like, oh, that's what they said. I've, I've yeah, just heard that line again, forever. Again, enhanced viewing. Yes. Enhanced. Like watching with director commentary, enhanced viewing, like you're getting more out of it than you normally would have because you're such a fan of it. Mm-hmm. It should not be required. No, yeah, no. Multiple viewing <laughs> should not be required to enjoy or even understand a movie. Yeah. That's what I finally told a friend of mine about the movie Inception. I was like, if, you ha- if you've seen it like three or four times and you still don't understand what the hell is going on, you're not going to get it. Just stop. Just stop. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Inception actually is a very good and maybe memento very good measuring memento. stick for whether you're going to judge tenet on its on its merit like if you're going to like it you know what i mean well but see i i love memento i love inception but i'm just i i'm having a hard time getting behind tenet but i promised everybody that i would give it a second try because i know i have to give it a second try you gotta you gotta watch it i i and i and i hate having to say that but you gotta watch it twice and i promise you after the second viewing you're gonna you're gonna come away with it at least with a better understanding at least with a yeah, man, they really thought this through. If nothing else, you got to give them credit for thinking this through. Yeah, no, I will always give credit to Christopher Nolan for delivering a fantastic story. He does that. There's only one movie I will never, ever, 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 ever get behind of his. And we all know that it's Dunkirk. Oh, that's that's up again. It's a, that's a movie theater thing, though. We, uh, well, movie John, and I, John and I went and saw it in movie theaters. John Mara oh, and I did, okay. yeah. Okay. Uh, well, sure. granted, it was also after a long night of drinking, so we were both very tired. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Um, but uh, no, I will give it a try again. But I, I will say this: I liked, um, I liked John David Washington. He did a great job. Uh, he he reminds me a little bit too much of his dad, though. He sounds a lot like his dad. Like I, if he was talking and you weren't looking directly at him, I was like, is Denzel there? Took the words out of my mouth. Denzel? Took the words out of my mouth. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Especially when he says nuclear holocaust. I was like, oh, wait, what? Are we watching Are we watching uh, uh, Crimson Tide? Yeah, it was just like, it was kind of distracting in a way, but uh, still still enjoyable. Um, I actually enjoyed Robert Pattinson. He's a good actor. And it's such a shame he's going to have he's, all he's, these he's uh, negative things over him, looming over him, Twilight, you know, things like that. That's it. No, but that's it. He's a he, terrific he's redeemed actor. himself so much so much since then yeah. he's redeemed himself so much since then more than any other character in the twilight series um i feel bad for him on some on some level but like we talked about a year ago this is crazy we'll see with the batman we'll because we'll we'll see what he's really made of right yeah i'm i was talking about this with somebody at work uh the other day um I'm looking forward to this. Uh, yeah, I'm getting tired of the same thing over and over, all these Batman reboots or different interpretations and stuff like that. But I also have to admit, I'm intrigued by this one. I, I'm intrigued by the choice of Robert Pattinson for the role of Batman. I'm intrigued um, by their take on Penguin and supposedly Riddler. Have they even confirmed that that one guy's going to be Riddler? Paul Dano is the Riddler. Okay, well... The, I don't know. Or Dano? Yeah, Paul Dano. Is it Dano or Dano? Paul Dano Dano or Dano or whatever. Yeah. Paul, (laughs) uh, you know, but, you know, I I really liked that you couldn't tell that that was um, 
uh, what's his face playing Penguin? Why am I blinking on his name all of a sudden? Colin Farrell. You couldn't tell that that was Colin Farrell playing Penguin underneath all that makeup and prosthetics. That's that's the idea. Though. Yeah, but no, I I like that. I like that a lot. We're compared um, yeah. to like Danny DeVito playing Penguin. That was Danny DeVito. With well, a, let's with be clear, Chuck. Nose. Let's be clear, Chuck. You could have you could have put a hood over his head, and we could have looked at that body and been like, Danny, Danny DeVito. DeVito? <laughs> or you know jim any of those villains from the original batman series you know jim, uh, jim carrey uh tommy lee jones and stuff like that i like Ooh. it when you can disguise a character enough like had you not had they not said this is colin farrell playing this role it would have probably taken me forever to figure it out well i think that's 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 more of the the actor quality thing i i think people want to be recognized more than they don't want to be drowned out in makeup to the point where you know, like if you do you get an oscar for it like charlie's theron yeah. right Oh, we didn't recognize her. Here's an Oscar. Yeah, yeah. I was but, like, oh, wow. But, I really thought that was Eileen. Here you go. But uh, yeah, I think it does take it does take some some uh, some wherewithal to to completely disguise your face to the point where people don't recognize you I, in a movie where you're not where you're not the main character. Mm-hmm. You're probably not even a B character because they're probably just setting up for a future movie with with the Penguin. I think the Riddler is the main. Uh, villain in this one, but I, yeah, I could be wrong. I, I mean, there's so many. We're just all playing a guessing game right now as to what really is going to be happening in the Batman movie. But I like it when I'm surprised by something, you know, a pleasant surprise when there's an actor in there and it takes you forever to realize it. Uh, going back to Tropic Thunder, you know, I remember <laughs> being in. The, I remember sitting next to my friend, and I'm just like, "That's fucking Tom Cruise." It took, I was like, it, was, it wasn't until the end of the movie that I finally realized it was Tom Cruise. Everybody says I'm insane. Well, how did you not see it at the beginning? I was like, because I, Tom Cruise in a fat suit. You're not looking for it. I think I think it's more than the fat suit. I think I think he um, he just totally enveloped it. And this is I, 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 I love Tom Cruise in theater, not out of theater. No. Okay? <laughs> but. But this is why he's so good, though, is that he enveloped a character like you. You, it could have been not a fat suit; it could have been something else. But but it was just totally a different character for him that you weren't used to seeing. So your mind was just like, oh, that's 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 your standard corporate exec a- asshole. Yeah. Thing. Okay. Cool. I will say this though, Chuck. I did recognize him as Tom Cruise oh, <laughs> on the movie. But I don't fault you. I don't fault you for for being uh, uh, caught off guard by it. Yeah, it is what it is. I'm sometimes I'm slow. Okay, it, it's all good. Yeah, yeah. The, the, I mean, I there's none off the top of my head, but there's definitely been some celebrity cameos in other movies where, uh, oh, there's uh, well, not that anyone knows that much about it, but Hook. Uh, there was a Glenn Close yeah. cameo in that movie where she was a dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, I actually think about it every she, time I watch that now, and you you can look at the <laughs> eyes and you can see it. You can see. It. <laughs> right. Right. But again, she's not looking for any sort of. Yeah. You know, she's just in the movie, and and, and now you find out after. Yeah, yeah. So I enjoy that. I enjoy that kind of stuff too. Um, well, I think that brings us to uh, game time. Are you ready? I was just about to say we're sitting here and talking about the Batman, and that that's we already we already have to talk about the in universe uh. stuff because Marvel's kept everything in universe except for the early Netflix shows and and Agents of Shield. This thing is like. Like uh, the, the Charlie Day uh, whiteboard, oh, yeah. like where everything's connected, and <laughs> it's it's ridiculous. This universe now that they built. Uh, 
I'm going to say it now. I'll probably say it again later as the conversation really progresses. Uh, what Warner Brothers and DC need to come together and do is they need to stop this idea of the DCEU. It, it, it just needs to be done. Drop the E. Drop the E. <laughs> just drop everything. Just drop everything. <laughs> just let everything be its own thing. It doesn't have to be this connected universe. You're not getting it. You're not able to replicate what Marvel did. And you know what? You're never going to be able to replicate what Marvel did. So stop uh, yeah, trying. They, they got to cut bait. They got to cut bait on this whole thing. Yep. Stick with what is obviously doing well for you. And that's these standalone features that have nothing to do with anything else, like Joker. Phenomenal yes, yes. movie. I, I think I think the Joker was a turning point in this whole this whole endeavor for them mm-hmm. because it was released under the quote unquote black label, uh, which is like R rated DC stuff. Which, by the way, Marvel not going to do R rated unless it's Daredevil, right? They're not going to do anything already. So you Definitely. have you have your own section. You have your own section uh, just cornered off for you. If you want to make those dark and, and, and dreary tales like the Joker, maybe is the Batman already? I don't know. But they could do that and get and, and get away with it. And see, and that's that's the thing. People want that. Yeah, you need that. I mean, the, these these stories, these characters, they're not. They're not always kid friendly, and some of their best storylines come from those R-rated settings. Uh, Logan showed us that it's possible to take an already established character was, and move it Logan into was the, the trailblazer. R- yeah, Logan was the trailblazer. Then came Deadpool. Deadpool showed the world that you can still make it funny and R-rated. And luckily, we're going to get that continuation with Deadpool three when they introduce him into the MCU. And it is going to be R-rated, thank God. If they did a PG-13 yes. Deadpool, you, nobody, you, wants, for, nobody for, wants that. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, the, Fox, thank God for Fox with their Marvel properties setting that standard. And now Disney's got to kind of upkeep that. Warner Brothers DC has the opportunity to do something similar, just not in a connected universe. Just keep things alone. So, like, uh, let's take the upcoming Suicide Squad movie. It has the potential. I'm excited uh, about it. The preview looks kind of meh. I'm excited about it based on who's running the show mm-hmm. and James Gunn. And I'm excited about it based on the cast of characters. Because if you remember, the original cast of character for Suicide Squad didn't turn out to be because they had different selected for different slots and then availabilities and and, and feelings shifted and they had to re, re uh, uh, um uh, recast the entire thing. Yeah, because because Will Will Smith was not supposed to be the focal point. He's supposed he's supposed to be a sidekick. What are you supposed to be Will Smith? They had other people uh, uh, slated in there. I think James Hardy was supposed to be a part of it too. Was he? I, I'm pretty sure they had some. They had somebody lined up for for a couple of those early roles, and then and everything shifted. Hmm. But I'm excited because of James Gunn for the new one. Even though I'm against I'm against movies that have the same title plus a V. <laughs> yeah, but it's a it, it's like a soft reboot because you got you've got It's uh, not a reboot. It's not a reboot. It's a sequel. It, not according to James Gunn, it's not. They're pretty much picking up after the What is I mean because aren't aren't they essentially just pretending that this is the same group Plus a few more, minus a few more, plus a few more. The only because because they got they got they got Rick Flag, they got Harley Quinn, mm-hmm. 
and they got Captain Boomerang. Captain Boomerang, and then you got right. Amanda Waller. Those are the only four right. that are the same right. coming into this movie. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. The I don't know anymore. That's how that's so, how so convoluted I, listen, DC has my mind tried, right now. I tried. I tried to delve into this the 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 Zack Snyder universe leading up to this whole thing, right? Yeah. Because there are some movies that are still part of the Zack Snyder universe, mm-hmm. right? You got the next Wonder Woman sequel that's going to still be part of that universe. You got the next Aquaman sequel that's going to be part of that universe. You got the new Flash movie that's going to be part of that universe. And so, therefore, the next Suicide Squad movie is technically still in the Snyderverse. Yeah. I guess it is. I guess they're just done with Zack Snyder having anything to do with the Snyderverse. Well, the the, the well is running dry. At some point, they're going to have to, you know, move on or 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 just ignore it. Like 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 what you were saying. You know, forget the continuity stuff. Just just start making stand like movies that that exist on their own and not having to hinge on on melding with another another director's design that's what bothered me about the star whatever not <laughs> but just just let people have their own say on on what their movie is mm-hmm. and not worry about whether it connects and 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 you know studio involvement that's that's the other thing that bothered the snyderverse uh studio involvement i mean disney disney is just as guilty as warner brothers as far as sure. studio involvement is maybe not so much with marvel but uh we've definitely seen it on star wars oh yeah oh yeah for sure, I, I don't know. I don't know how Marvel has insulated. Maybe it's just Kevin Feige, but I don't know how Marvel has insulated themselves from the Disney meddling because Star Wars is just falling off the map because of it. Minus the shows, but I think we can, I guess, thank um, um, John Favreau for uh, that. John Favreau for that, yeah. John Favreau and uh, what's his face? I can't think of his name right now, but um, yeah, we can. We have them to thank for. Dave Filoni. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, we have them to thank for uh, the Star Wars TV uh, shows. So um, they got a big yeah, mess to uh, the... clean up from the movies. Yeah. If it weren't for the shows, we'd be we'd be talking about the, the, the fall of the Star Wars empire. The, no pun intended. <laughs> the only the only mo- redeeming uh, movie to come out in recent years is Rogue One. Oh, God. How long ago was that? <laughs> Well, that wasn't that long ago. That was I was already living here in Wilmington, so that movie's less than four years old, or about four years old. Okay, so maybe Solo came out two years ago. Yeah, Solo's. Uh, I, I I have to yeah they have to stagger right because <sighs> Solo's awful. I don't know. I don't know. Back 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 to Justice. Back to back. Well, back to the games before we talk Justice League. Oh, okay. all right. So you have your choice. You can either do a mystery question. You can do the Kevin Bacon, Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon. No. <laughs> or you can do both if you feel so inclined. Oh my god, I'm intrigued by I'm intrigued by how both are, are woven in together. Yeah, you can do you can do one, the other, or both if you just feel like really playing. Yeah, I'm I'm more of a smorgasbord kind of guy, so let's do both. Awesome. All right, so uh, which would you like to do first? Uh Give me, give me the one that require, requires less thinking. Uh, I think the mystery question will probably be All right. One. The mystery question would probably require less thinking. So if you could cast your Justice League movie, you are hired by Warner Brothers to cast the Justice League movie. Just, you know, let's think main characters here. Superman, Wonder Woman, Batman, Flash, Aquaman, uh, Cyborg. Who would you put into these characters? 
<laughs> and you thought this one required less thought. Yeah, I was wrong about that. Um, <laughs> so we're talking about six six characters. Yeah, your your main your core Justice League characters I, from the very not Martian Manhunter. <laughs> um, thoughts uh, <laughs> uh wow that's that that is a loaded question um yeah i'm, I'm gonna make it simple super simple for you on one of them there can only be one superman and that's henry cavill he is killing it that no that no he's he's, he's done very well for it uh I'm, I'm sad that they haven't they haven't managed to get him more movies if I were him, I'd be I he I would want to disassociate myself from it at this point. All right, it's going to require me some thinking here, Chuck. Think. So I'll be I'll be honest immediately. Immediately, I don't I don't want to I don't want to stray away from uh, the char- uh, the cyborg character being a black character because I like that. Yeah, I like that part of it. So my immediate thought for cyborg would be Donald Glover. Ooh, that's good. Um, because his face is immediately recognizable with comedy for me at least for me at least mm-hmm. you know everything everything i see uh even even his appearance in the spider-man movie and then also community which is where i grew to I love, love him but his face speaks comedy to me um and so when you put him in the cyborg character even though he's like talk the, just just straight face the entire time it kind of kind of keeps you on your toes but whether he's human or cyborg so i kind of i kind of like that for that pick um uh wonder woman's where i'm like well Bat- batman's where i'm struggling with but um wonder woman i'm struggling with because i also like the gal Gadot casting um mm. you know she's 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 Israeli, I think. Yeah, yeah. So she's already got like a she's already got an accent that's befitting of the character. And and, <laughs> and we're we're gonna we're gonna talk about accents in Justice League too, but by the way. But um with Mira. Oh, but yeah. uh yeah, I man, I because you know, you want somebody for the role that doesn't look immediately strong. Like it doesn't have to be a buff kind of person to play Wonder Woman. It doesn't have to be a buff person to play Batman, really. It no. just has to be like a suit. But um let's see. <laughs> I know I gave you some tough ones here. Yeah. Balls on this on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God for editing. Yeah, yeah. Oh man. And I also think I also think that the Flash was really well cast. Oh, uh, see, all right. So, all right. I'm I'm going to interject here. Okay, so I you don't, use, you don't like the Flash no, 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 no. I do, I do. Uh, I usually let everybody answer before I give my answers. So, like, like I said, Henry Cavill is the only person who's going to play Superman. Uh, it's just, it has to be. I love Ezra Miller as the Flash. He yeah. he is, it's it's kind of like for me, like Tom Holland as Spider-Man. He, oh, yeah. Ezra just brings this, like, quality to the character you know he's goofy he's nerdy but he's he's likable 
Um, you know, he's just eccentric he's, and jittery. He's eccentric, and... jittery, jittery, very, very appropriate um, use of words for to describe somebody like him, you know, somebody who's fast and uh, just absolutely brilliant beyond belief. Don't get me wrong. I'm a huge fan of the show, The Flash, too. And I think the guy who plays Flash in that as well does a fantastic job. But Ezra just he's got this charisma that he brings to it that I I couldn't. If I had to choose between those two, Ezra would always be the choice. And quite honestly, I would not want anybody else to play this role after watching that. And I'm very, very, very excited and at the same time nervous for the upcoming Flashpoint movie. Well, there's a lot of things to tackle there, but that shit's out of yeah, like sure. I and 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 the Justice League movie again just revamped his character. Like just just totally brought more to it. And again, a scene that I don't understand why it was cut. Um, just just kind of summed him up. It was really, really uh, uh, well done. Um, but yeah, like you said, like his 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 mannerisms just fit the character. Mm-hmm. Just fit the character. I mean, like that that's that's what you expect from a guy that is is feeling like he's moving at a snail's pace trying to talk to us kind of thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like if, if, if a guy who's normally fast tries to slow himself down, what would he sound like? Uh, probably like a, a jittery kind of a speed freak kind of person. Yeah. Um, uh, so I, I, I don't want to sit here and say like, Oh, I, I want to keep this. I want to keep this casting. I want to keep this casting. Um, I just don't know how, I don't know another person that would fit that mold. You know, mm-hmm. I'm s- Sitting here thinking like, oh, um, all right, give me a second. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's funny if we could recast Flash as like a female, you know, that'd be the perfect like a Maisie Williams kind of kind of casting right there. Right? Oh my god, that would be. Funny. Yeah, Alma. That's actually really cool. I like that. You know, I'm gonna change it. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna stick with it. I'm gonna stick with stick. it. Maisie Williams recast female role. Cool. Yeah, gender bended. I like yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. If only I could. If only I could do that with Wonder Woman and Batman. <laughs> um, uh, Batman, not not Robert Pat. Um, I mean, I'm I'm such a Tom Hardy fan too. Okay, all right, that's okay. I ride hard for Tom Hardy too, so it's okay. You know, if Idris Elba, if, if Idris Elba had a good American accent, I, I've yet to see him. Like, I mean, maybe in the Wire, maybe in the Wire, I would love to see him as Batman. I would love to see him as James Bond oh, too. He'd make a good you. James Bond. Um. Yeah, since 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 this is a podcast, since it's not real, Idris Elba as ba- as as Batman, uh-huh. um, and then uh, who's who's someone I like as Wonder Woman? You know, lately I've been a big Florence Pugh fan, but she's she's too she's too tiny for that role. Yeah, no, I I can't see that. At I'm all. excited to see her. I'm excited to see uh, Black Widow to see what she does in Black Widow. Um. Who's a who's a who's a tall woman fit for this role? 
I don't know, Chuck. You got to help me out here. Who do you who do you like for that role? I struggled with this one because I'm not a huge Gal Gadot fan, actually. You don't? Oh, okay. Um, I just I don't think she can act. Huh. Uh, my and my problem with her is is like you watch her in one movie, and then you can go and watch her in another movie. And I just, I don't see a difference. Like, I, I don't see a difference between her in this movie versus her in the Fast and Furious franchise. I will say that she doesn't seem to be genuine. Like, like her, her comment, like you, you see her deliver a, a line. It doesn't seem to be truly genuine. It just seems to be like, a, oh, well, that's the same, same expression she always makes when she says uh, this kind of line. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I will give you that. I will give you that. Well, you, come on, no. I mean, who else? <laughs> Who can you think of? Because my mind starts going to all these all these great actresses, but they're all short and shorter in stature to be Wonder Woman. And I don't know. I'm not saying that Wonder Woman has to be tall, but I feel like she has to be imposing, right? No. She's definitely got to have this, like, I guess this air about her absolutely like you know don't don't mess with me so yeah but i mean you when you think amazon woman you know you think tall you know kind of bigger build you know that's kind of how the story goes but i mean i guess this is this is fantasy so you can just make wonder woman whoever the hell you want it to be um I struggled with this one. Quite honestly, when answering this question myself, I struggled with this one. And uh, there's only a few names that really came to mind when I thought of this. Um, I like Evangeline Lilly. I'm a big Evangeline Lilly fan. You know, she's already playing the Wasp uh, in the Marvel series. So, but... I, I like I like her, and I think I could see her playing this role. I hear I can already hear my viewers hitting or my listeners hitting stop on this. I mean, it's funny because because you listed qualities as being like a, a no nonsense. You can see on her face she means business, and that's not what a Evangeline Evangeline Lily. I think of lost. Yeah, <laughs> and I don't think <laughs> I don't think she means business the entire time. No, but I mean um, she stands her yeah. own in that show, and uh, and again I I bring it back to Wasp. You know she stands her own there as well. You know she's very very strong willed uh, and very capable and wanting to prove herself. So I, I can see her kind of fitting into that role a lot. Honestly, right, that's fair. Um, that's fair. You took you took my not Idris Elba, but uh, originally you were saying Tom Hardy for Batman. Well, I ride hard for him. He's playing Batman in yeah. my movie. I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, he he would definitely pull it off too because I've I've seen him pull the the debonair roles mm -hmm. like the Bruce Wayne, and I've seen him pull the badass roles mm -hmm. like 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 Bane and and Dunkirk. <laughs> Uh, the other one I struggled with was Aquaman because that's just another one of those things. Like I forgot about Aquaman. Yeah, Sorry, I completely forgot. No, about it's Aquaman. okay. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, I I know I took the cheat route and said that I would not recast Superman or uh, Flash in my movie. Uh, they can stay. Aquaman was hard because I really wanted to find somebody that I felt would do a better job with it than Jason Momoa did. But he he's really actually very fitting for the role. Like I enjoyed the movie Aquaman very much. Um, uh, I did not. You didn't? No. Oh. No. And it wasn't exactly a fault of Jason Momoa. 
um, I just uh, I just thought it was a very cookie cutter kind of plot for the movie. Like it's exactly how you expect an Aquaman movie to play out. I mean, of course, it was it was well um, CG, CGI was perfect. I mean, it was about as well as it could be. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just thought in terms of like the villain, uh, uh, the the whole Black Manta thing was just a cookie cutter revenge. Got resuited, got injured, ready for the sequel. Like I feel like we're in, you know, uh, um, uh, the Spider-Man, uh, the, the Andy uh, Andrew Garfield one, um, the Amazing Spider-Man two kind of thing, where you're 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 setting up for something that you don't even know is going to happen. Which I'm sure Aquaman two will happen. And, and it will pay off. But I uh, I just thought it was just just I don't know this the stakes didn't seem to be high. It just oh we're about to go we're with the surface folk cool. <laughs> yeah. Huh. It just seemed like a lot of inner struggle and not like. Now you're making me second guess my my views on Aquaman. I don't like this. But, but you do like Jason Momoa as Aquaman, and I will say that I'm not a huge fan of, of him actor-wise in general, but I do think he fits the role. I do think he fits the role um, because he, a lot of Aquaman is playing this whole um, – he, he's kind of aloof, right? Like he's quant, he's kind of – he's part of this uh, – the, the, the aqua people, but he's <laughs> not quite people. also. And so all these all – these, all these, all these interactions with Mira are him just kind of being like, well, what do you mean by that? What is this? What is that? Like, you know, he's supposed to be aloof in some regards, but then there was a point down the stretch where it was just being overplayed a little bit yeah. where it was like, all right, come on, man. You're just saying that because the script is telling you that's not what somebody else would say. No, I get it. I definitely get that. Uh, God, you know, I just, I can't, I can't just remove my mind from the thought of Marvel, like people who are already in Marvel movies. Cause you know, I've already seen how well they can do like taking on these types of like mythical roles and stuff like that. I just can't help, but put those faces onto these, you know, somebody like uh, Chris Hemsworth taking over the role. I, I agree. I was about to say Zoe Zaldana. For, for one woman, I was like, nah, nah, nah. That's perfect, actually. That's I didn't even think of Zoe Saldana. Uh, you know, I, th- I think she'd be great for it, but I didn't want to be like, ah, we're just going to shoehorn in. We're, we're, we're basically taking the Avengers and putting them over here in Justice League. You know, we're going to have Chris right. Evans play Superman. We're going to have uh, Robert Downey Jr. play Batman. Exactly. <laughs> you know? exactly. Uh, Chris Pine can be uh, the freaking flat. Not Chris Pine. Uh, Chris um, Pratt can be cyborg or something like that yeah no we're not going to do that although that would actually be kind of funny to see tom holland would be flash tom holland would be flash hands down (laughs) absolutely um all right let's move past this really ridiculous question (laughs) yeah that was a this was a good one to ask me beforehand so that I could have like, you should have, I know you should have been more prepared. My bad. Prepared, and then we could have dueled it out, but instead you made me look like a fool. That's okay. Due to creative editing, I'll make us both look like fools. Um, so the Kevin Bacon scenario. So this Kevin Bacon scenario was uh, presented to me by my good friend Brooke from over at a podcast on Elm Street. I have not seen it yet, so I honestly don't know 
what are so we're both going to be trying to figure this out together so oh okay he okay. sent me the email i didn't even open it i moved it to a folder for later use uh whenever somebody are we said, gonna help each other out or we're gonna try to come up with our own answers here let's let's try to help each other out let's see what we can do here together okay. Okay. um so okay. i haven't seen it yet you don't know what it is and so the whole idea is we got to connect an actor of his choice to kevin bacon so let's see who he has selected for us today Ooh, all right. So, for my, he says, for my six degrees of Kevin Bacon, you must connect Randall Park to Kevin Bacon. Oh, Kevin Bacon's in the answer. Okay. Yeah. the The whole idea is you have to connect an actor to Kevin Bacon. No, I got it. You know, the Kevin Bacon game doesn't always involve Kevin. True. Bacon. True. We've we've uh <laughs> we've modified it to always include Kevin Bacon. All right, right, so uh, we got to connect Randall Uh, Park to Kevin Bacon. And Randall Park is Cyborg, right? No, 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 who's Randall Park? Randall Park. That's Ray Parker. Uh, Randall Park is uh, the agent in WandaVision, the FBI agent. I can't think of his name off the top of my head. Uh, Oh, okay. Agent Wu. He is Agent Wu Wu. in WandaVision. So, so obviously we got we got Ant Man the Wasp to work off of, but he was also in the Dictator. We got to remember that, or not the Dictator, um, not the Dictator. Uh, um, what's the one where they kill uh, Kim Jong? Oh, oh, the interview. Oh, the interview. Oh my God, I forgot yeah, he, he was in that. He plays Kim Jong Un, so we got to keep that in mind because that's a good one. Oh, that is a good one. All right, uh, let's see. Randall Park to Kevin Bacon. I think I got this. I think I do. All right. Uh, um, hold on. I'm, de- I'm deconstructing it backwards now. Um, yeah. Kevin Bacon. It's a lot of connections. I'm sure there's a shorter one, but this is what I got. All right. So Randall Park was in the interview with Seth Rogen. So there's one who was in... Super bad with Bill Hader. There's two. Who was in Tropic Thunder with Tom Cruise. There's three. Who was in A Few Good Men with Kevin Bacon. There's four. Four connections. Good one. That's a good one. I'll tell you where I was trying to go with it. I was trying to, I was because I had, because we had the interview jumping off point. So I had Seth Rogen, James Franco. Yeah. I'm sitting here trying to think which one of them had interacted with MCU characters in other movies because he had Hollow Man, Kevin Bacon, Josh Brolin. Oh, damn. So once you have that, I'm like sitting here, which James Franco, Seth Rogen person interacted with which Marvel character? So I was still working that out in my head, but that's where I was going with it. I mean, let's see. So that would be, that would be um, Randall Park in ant-man and the wasp with paul rudd in avengers oh, there you go. game perfect. with perfect. Uh, perfect. Perfect. josh brolin when yeah okay yeah. so that's three yeah. connections so you you managed yeah. to do it in a shorter one that's awesome all right yeah, well you 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 managed <laughs> i i overthought it with the interview but yeah if you just go with the ant-man route you're right there uh well awesome brooke from a podcast on elm street you almost stumped us but we managed to figure it out in a four connection and a three connection so Awesome. Are you ready to talk about this movie? 
<laughs> Let's do it. Can we do it in four hours or less? Uh, I will try. I haven't uh, released an episode less than two and a half hours in like the last five episodes. So we're going to let's see if we can do this in four. you decide where we want to attack this first because like i said there's multiple angles here that we want to look at okay well i'm going to say two things first and then we can go into it one this is the newest movie i've ever talked about on the show so i'm excited about this two doesn't get much newer it doesn't get much newer <laughs> than this basically um it's at this point it's a couple of weeks old but uh and every other podcast has done one about it so I'm just joining the fun here. Uh, the second thing I want to say is this is a garbage ass movie. Garbage. Gar it's coherent garbage. It's not the dumpster fire we got in the theaters. Can I? Yeah, I was about to ask. Can I? Can I ask? The, the, and I believe me, I thought about this ahead of time. Dumpster fire compared to Justice League. That's the first question. And then dumpster fire standalone. It, 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 imagining for a second that there was no precedent for this movie. It just came out as is. All right. So compared to its theatrical predecessor, this movie is a far better movie. Uh, it's kind of like, uh, I think of uh, Batman versus Superman and how the theatrical yeah, yeah. release of that was just like, what the hell did we watch? And it took the extended unrated version to kind of fill in the little it's still it's still not a great movie but just filling in those little gaps made it a it's, better it's, movie it's better but 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 very similarly uh they added to it it's a director's cut same kind of thing it wouldn't have been theatrical because of the, the length yeah same thing with this yeah. movie don't pretend in any world that this movie would have been in the theaters because it wouldn't have been. No. it would have been a two-parter which Warner Brothers wouldn't allowed for, and there was no break. By the way, there's no break in this movie to make it a two-parter. There was no hook at like, all right, let's see what happens kind of thing without just straight up 
you know, turning into a Lord of the Rings thing where it's like a pause. Mm-hmm. But uh, saying all that, if you take this four-hour movie as 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 is, without comparing it to the other one, I still find it very difficult to get on board with. Oh, it's a um, awful. It's one of those things where I sat there and watched it, being relieved that that this was the ultimate justice league i guess you know what when we look back on justice league we'll remember this movie not the other one i can guarantee that probably for anybody that watches both but um it was so convoluted uh yes it went in a certain direction but it required six parts (laughs) and an epilogue um and and just just scene upon scene and like you said, the action, the action, well, you were talking about a different movie, but the action was so like, you know, uh, uh, peaks and valleys, you know what I mean? Like there were, there were some things in there that, that took a while to get going. Um, I can understand why Joss Whedon looked at the overall picture and said, well, this, we're going to, we got to trim this down in a big way. We got to cut some things out. Um, but you know, it, obviously it's, it's an advancement on the original. Um, and, and, I got to say this though, this was a pet project. Like he had Zack Snyder had time to produce or to make a movie three fourths of it. And then he, he got ditched from the project for a family uh, issue. I understand he was going to be fired anyway, but whatever. And then he had time to sit and dwell on it. He had time to to come up with uh, a better, you know, he could restructure it however he wanted to. He was he was entitled to reshoots. They gave him money for the CGI to fill in all the all the all the extra stuff that he hadn't done. My point is just that he had plenty of time to look at the pro- look at the theatrical product and say, how can I make it even better than I was going to make it? You know what I mean? So saying all of that, and yet he still comes out with this four hour chunk of of hot garbage i don't call it hot garbage but i'm just i'm just trying to channel your your energy here i i think i think it was it was decent but if i saw in the theaters i would have felt jipped i'll tell you that i mean i just i call it garbage because i mean what what's the old saying you know you could take a dog turd uh gold plate it what is it it's still a dog turd you know and that's what this movie is it's just like it took it took some of his ideas. I'm I, I'm not going to say that everything about it was bad. Like some of the expansions that they did on the story, you know, like you know the whole thing, the whole idea was Darkseid was supposed to be the main villain, not not Steppenwolf. In the original theatrical version, they made it all about Steppenwolf, and you know, and they mm-hmm. kept. They were trying to cut corners. They were trying to cut corners. And, you know, they kept Steppenwolf in this movie. He served his purpose and stuff like that. But, you know, I, I can appreciate them expanding on some of the storylines a little bit to make it a little bit more... A little bit more cohesive to what Zack Snyder had already been trying to establish back in, uh, you know, Man of Steel, back in Bat- Batman versus Superman. You know, that whole dream sequence that uh, Batman has from um, BVS... Uh, things like that, you know, he had this plan, he had this idea, and he uh, wanted us to see it come to that fruition. But then at the same time, is I just, there's certain things about this movie that I just like, we didn't need it. I, I didn't need it. I like, uh, I, 
case in point, I'm watching it right now on my screen, and it's at the part where, um, uh, what's his face who plays Cyborg is playing that football game. Ray Parker. What? Wait, who's what's his name? What's his name? To uh, his or was removed from it too. But those in Aquaman, those three are new to the show, are new to the the setting, and and you got to at least build them in some way for us to care about them. And they did none of that in the original Justice League. It's just Joss Whedon thought he could make a couple of jokes and be like, ah, I'm a, I, I like that Aquaman guy. You know, it just it doesn't it doesn't flow. And, and and they try to cut corners. I understand Joss Whedon was in a difficult spot trying to trying to meld two movies together, his and, and, and Zack Snyder's, but he did some 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 shady shit trying to do it. And um, between the misogyny with uh, uh, Wonder Woman and and putting in like, because did you hear that that basically um, the the theatrical Justice League had that that joke that that ham-fisted joke where the Flash falls on Wonder Woman's chest. And then he zaps back and says, oh, uh, 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 I don't know what happened. Like that was a Joss Whedon thing. And the actors called it out when they had the ability to, to basically say like, he was really gung-ho about this scene and, and it didn't seem to make any sort of sense. It's just like a Joss Whedon. Like the more we find out about Joss Whedon, the more it's like, maybe not the best guy in the world. He's, he's good with comic books, but, um, and then, uh, uh, what was I saying? Oh, just yeah. But so, so I was saying like the origin stories kind of had to be there though. When you really, when you really consider about what this movie was supposed to be doing and gearing towards, that had to be in there. Like you couldn't, you couldn't take that football scene out. I don't think there were some that you could definitely trim down. Um, you know, we're, we're, we haven't even gotten to the Martian Manhunter stuff, but like you could definitely trim some of the stuff out. But I think the football scene, you know, sadly, you got to leave it in. All right, so I, I think I get what you're trying to say here. So not only are they trying to do this uh, this kind of team-up story here, which obviously that's what the whole idea behind Justice League is, is that you know we've already got Batman origin. We've already got the Superman origin, the Wonder Woman origin. Uh, we are – this technically takes place before the Aquaman origin story. So, you know, they're not going to focus too much on him. They're going to they're going to raise the questions and they're going to try to give you the answers in his origin story, which right. they did. Um, and then we're getting the Flash. But the, the Flash story is not going to be an origin story. The Flashpoint movie that we're getting. No, no, no that's what I'm saying. Like, the, yeah, the Aquaman. Yeah, I'll give you because because they already had that like all ready to go. But I mean, so but I mean, as far to- as Cyborg goes here. Um, he's not getting another movie, no matter what. At this point, so for, this, from right from right now, this no. turned into right we sit now, Justice no. League slash but, but Cyborg origin story. At the at the time, Chuck. At the time, you can't say that they weren't going to give Cyborg his own movie. You know, at this point in time, when they were making this Justice League movie, they had ideas in mind about where they could go with all these characters. Remember, they were trying to. Trying to do a Marvel but, thing. I mean, that's kind of why they brought in, kind of why they brought in Joss Whedon because it's like, hey, you did that uh, uh, Age of Ultron thing where you try to set up a bunch of movies. Can you do that? Can you do that? Can you do that? No, no, that, that's exactly and, what we did. He Age of Ultron. Did. It's awful. Right. Right. No. I, <laughs> no, but I mean, I'm not. I I'm not talking theatrical here. I'm t- literally talking this version of the movie. So, well, I feel like what Zack Snyder did in this cut is uh, there's a sh- ton of focus on. Uh, the cyborg character here, and you and you don't like that. 
I think the way you presented it, it makes me think about it a little bit differently now, though. I mean, this is basically his origin story. And yeah. when the reason it's cut this way is that I, I think Zack Snyder, as he was cutting this movie together for this release, knew that this cyborg's never getting another movie appearance. At least not it's this possible. cyborg. I, I would, well, I, no, it's definitely possible. I, my, I take it. I take this route, Chuck. They knew. Well, they Zack Snyder, and even even in the theatrical version, they they portrayed Cyborg as being born of the mother box. There was even a there was even a line in the original one that wasn't even this one, where Steppenwolf says, "Oh, you were born from her." They tied him into the mother box. They had this intimate kind of uh, relationship with with him and the mother box to where he understood it better than anybody else. He was born of it. His, you know, in, in the Snyderverse, his, his dad dies from it. So even more of like a, a, a tie to this whole thing. So I think on the basis of the movie where they were trying to go with it, it was it was his story to tell in terms of uh, how they were going to deal with this mother box, how they're going to use it to, to re, uh, uh, resurrect Superman and how they're going to ultimately destroy it because he's involved in all three of those things. Mm-hmm. So how do you take that out? I mean, you, <laughs> without telling his story in some I'm way. I'm just asking to you to remove a football game. I'm not asking you to remove Cyborg. <laughs> I Listen, it's a necessary evil because, like, how are you supposed to truly – how are you supposed to be emotionally invested in a character that you don't even understand how he got to this point? And how long is that scene, really? <laughs> long enough, it felt like an eternity. I feel like it's still going on beside me right now. Uh, but listen, now that now that now that now that I've told you how much that scene needs to be in there, it was still a crappy scene. It was still a very crappy scene. I felt myself saying the entire th- matter of fact. I said out loud when they when they do the 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 hokey little shot to the empty chair. I said, "Oh, Daddy wasn't there. <laughs> Daddy it's doesn't love me." It's like, like come on, how ridiculous! Yes, I get it. I get it. You got an absentee father, and his mother wasn't watching the road because you were arguing about it. But like, you know, I. I felt it was cheesy, but I just felt that his origin had to be there. It had to be there. Fine, Dan. I'll give you that. His origin had to be there. Yeah, that's all. I mean, and the flash scene was cool. I, I thought it was kind of goofy as well. Uh, it took a long time to pay off what a hot dog was used for, but at the time I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, the hot dog. <laughs> wait a minute. And, 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 we got to talk about the, the, the hair that he takes time to brush her hair back. And I'm like, man, flash, you really are being kind of, uh, there, no, kind, of <laughs> kind of a creep there. I mean, you're saving her life. I guess you earned it, but come on, man. That's another scene. I I'm sorry. Like very beautifully shot and everything like that. But you know, that's just another scene I could have lived without. I, I don't know, man. I, I guess I have a hard time with the fluff. Like if you were if you were to remove that scene, I don't feel like it would have detracted from the story at all. I, no, and, and it didn't. In, in going back to the theatrical, I, it didn't. But again, I guess the the design of it is that we want you to be invested for these characters for a little while to come because there's future stuff coming, and that's why it's tough to watch this 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 Zack Snyder cut is because. You're watching it in a time capsule. You're watching it at a time that no longer exists. So you're considering how would things have progressed 
progressed in another another <laughs> you know and so uh, we have to imagine let's let's assume that the flashpoint movie comes out and let's assume that that goes in an oh okay well now we know fine um but we have to imagine what what could have been you know if, if Zack snyder got his way and this was a well supposed to be a three-part movie yeah, originally three. or something um and then they just said make it two and then they said no that's it make it one um yeah i, I it's it's tough it's tough to to place this movie in what in what in the what would have happened realm you know and that's why like you're watching this movie and you're just kind of sitting there like i, I it's tough it, I, I i did watch it twice um because the first time around I found myself kind of um, like kind of just rosy eyed, just kind of like, cause it was so much better than the, you know, like it, it's setting the bar low, but it was so much better than the original. Mm-hmm. There's just so many scenes that like made a whole lot more sense. It's kind of like what you're talking about with Batman versus Superman. It's just like, how, how could you take, well, this makes a whole lot more sense now. Um, but you know, what you were saying about dark side and Steppenwolf. Yeah. The development of Steppenwolf in this movie, at least I know, at least I know what his what his story arc is. At least I know why he's there. At least I know what he's searching for. And at least I know like all the things that played into it. I I loved actually the communication, like the virtual, the uh the virtual communication that he had through melting, melting metal, or whatever, yeah, I'm for whatever, that. whatever I'm for that, that that yeah. Um I love I love those scenes. I loved how how it it built Steppenwolf up in a way to say that that he's he's looking for some kind of redemption, even though we're all supposed to hate him, mm-hmm. and that makes it a little bit more uh, easier to watch rather than just like this CGI nightmare on screen that just loves to beat beat people up with his axe. I mean, that, that's <laughs> all he got in, in the Joss Whedon version, um, and and all the dark side stuff. It, it was and and, and the uh, the flashback sequence the. Uh, the age of age of heroes sequence where, where dark side originally invaded. That was a lot better shot too. No, I, I, I mean, that. I, I thought that was very well done. Yeah. I, I, all the dark side stuff and all stuff I'm for in this. Movie. I, I agree. It was a lot better, uh, villain character development in this cut versus the theatrical theatrical cut. In fact, you could almost, you could almost say that, Steppenwolf, just, uh, aside from being who he is, is a victim, really. He's doing what he has to do, what he believes he has to do to earn his rightful place back in... 50,000 more worlds, man, yeah, there. you know. Uh, but uh, I, 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 do, I do like that character development uh, a lot more, and I that became a much more cohesive story as to why Steppenwolf was there, uh, the role of those mother boxes into what was playing into Darkseid's, uh, you know, master plan, the right. um, right. uh, the form, the the formula. What was it called? The the life formula, all something oh, formula. <laughs> it's the anti anti-life the anti life equation, formula equation, yeah. whatever. Um, yeah. The yeah, anti life yeah, yeah, equation, you know. Nerd alert. Whenever they whenever they started introducing that idea, I was like, oh, another freaking storyline that I've got to keep up with. But then well, it, it played a part. It really did. Right. And I, I came to appreciate that for what it was. So I have nothing against the villain development of this particular cut. I think it was just, you know, 
it was just going back and uh, putting in all the other things, you know, the bringing of the team together and stuff like that. Um, by the way, also, took a long it took time. a long time. It felt like an eternity, and it was... We had to watch Batman climb through the Misty Mountains yeah, right. for a half hour to find Aquaman. If I wanted to watch that, I'd watch Lord of the Rings again. I also don't like the continuity of this movie. It feels... Okay. No, I mean... Are, I, I not I could not I guess the continuity of this movie although there are some continuity errors that I'm going to address here in a little bit. Uh, a lot of flashes going on. It must be a big part of the movie. Oh, oh, it's the part where Ben Affleck is trying showing the Flash that he's Batman. Oh, okay, gotcha. Which is actually uh, it's one of the best scenes, honestly. One of the better yeah, scenes. Yeah. But anything with the Flash is awesome. Uh, but uh. I, the pacing of this movie, it's like. How long is this movie taking? Like, if we were to equate the time we're watching this movie into the days that the story is actually supposed to be taking place, a couple weeks. Is it? Maybe not even a week. Is not it, even a week. Are we talking about days here? Are we talking? Yeah, are we talking days, weeks? I, it's hard to establish. It doesn't do a good job. It's hard to establish. It doesn't do a good job. Of, like yeah. the momentum of the story. It really. It's hard to establish sure. that, and that's a very uh, frustrating thing. But uh, when I said that there's also continuity errors in this movie, did you notice that, uh, like, how far into this movie are we? Um, hour, I'm, I'm at the hour 34 minute mark right now. And already about an, like 30 minutes ago. Still, get, still getting that team together. Yeah, uh, about 30 minutes ago, Bruce Wayne and Wonder Woman have already linked up and have been working together because, you know, they divided. He went to go get Flash. She went to go get Cyborg. Um She's been she's been working with Alfred too. They had a whole conversation about how to make tea, right? Then two hours later, two it's supposed to be for laughs. No, 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 I'm not, uh, no. I got a chuckle, a chuckle out of that. But two hours later, after the whole team is assembled, they're going to show up at the Bat Cave or wherever they're wherever they're at. Oh no! Here's the tea scene right here. Never mind. So now we're at the tea scene. So uh, she's interacting with Alfred and everything like that. Later in the story. The entire team's going to show up, and they all introduce themselves to Alfred like they've never met before. And I'm like, right. uh, wait a fucking minute. They they had a little exchange about how to properly make tea earlier. So there's some continuity errors, and I don't know if that was just like an oversight, or Zack Snyder is just like, oh shit, I really have no choice but to piece it together like this. There was that scene um, in the sewer where uh, Cyborg hijacked the um, the Nightcrawler, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and he said, "I'll take it from here, Alfred." And Alfred said, "Do I know you?" I also found myself wondering, like, don't they do not know each other? At this? I, I might be wrong, but I, I thought like it was one of those situations where they already he Alfred already knows everyone that's involved at this point, yeah. right? I, I just there's a. Uh, here's 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 my other bugaboo. Uh, bugaboo. We want to talk about continuity. So dark dark uh, dark side invades Earth. He's to 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 uh, to get the anti life equation. That's that's where he's going to need to to dominate the yeah. universe. He, he he gets he gets cast aside because our our good friend Ares uh, saves the day and, and and nearly cuts off his arm. And then it takes Steppenwolf having to rediscover or have have some kind of com, commune with or 
some kind of uh, communication with the mother boxes to find out the anti-life equation is here. And so he tells Darkseid and Darkseid's like, oh, it's on Earth. What? Did you lose the coordinates? <laughs> did you forget? I'm so confused. He dropped his phone. I don't that I don't understand. Like, wait a minute. How I it was a long time ago, don't me don't get me wrong, but it's not like you just forgot what part of the no, galaxy. Hey, that one that one place that gave me a lot of hell though. He doesn't he doesn't have a table died. full of maps thing like crossing each one off. Like he didn't circle that yeah. one like, oh, this motherfucker, you know? Yeah. And one of his minions couldn't be like, uh, all right, I'll save the pin on that one. <laughs> No, I, I thought the same thing. I was just like, oh, it's on Earth. I was like. Wow, mind blower. <laughs> well, yeah. Isn't that where you left it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you forgot where you lost all of those mother yeah, boxes. Right? Like, really? Uh, yeah, there, there were some things about that that was also very confusing as well. Um, I'm actually excited about this part. We're talking about all the stuff we don't like about this movie. I, I want to share some of my probably not so popular takes here about stuff I did enjoy about this movie. All right. Uh, one, Gal Gadot has no butt, so I don't enjoy that either. Um, she's wearing tight pants. and We were supposed to start on things you uh, You're right. I'm sorry. Um, I got to preface this with, I'm not a fan of Jared Leto's Joker. Okay? I got to preface. Neither am I. I actually enjoyed that scene. Nope. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed nope. it a lot. Pass. Nope. I liked it for one reason and one reason only. It continued to tease the idea of the history between him and this version of Batman, Bruce Wayne. That we have no history of at all. To but this they point. alluded to it in a lot of things. Oh, cool. They alluded yeah. to it in Batman versus Superman. They Don't you remember those Easter eggs? They alluded awesome. to they it in Suicide Squad. Yes. They alluded to these things that I just... I I think it's okay to have a little bit of mystery. And I, I, st I like the fact that they continue to play on that mystery a little bit. Who is the Joker? Is the Joker Batman's former apprentice? In this yes. universe? Good question. We'll never know. I think he is. Oh, okay. oh well. I mean, hey, I, I I like that take. I hadn't considered it, but to be honest, Chuck, I haven't devoted a lot of thought to it because this is over and done with. I mean, it wasn't tied with a nice, neat little bow, obviously, but we're not going to get those answers. And like like we like we keep saying, the Snyderverse is essentially a moot point. Yeah. So continue to think about it, but we're not going to get any any kind of resolution unless. Snyder tries to take to Twitter and answer these fan questions. I mean, it, it's a fun thought, uh, but I can't get beyond the whole, um, again, it felt like a ham fisted scene. That was like, that was actually the scene that he shot from mm -hmm. scratch uh, for this movie. He actually uh, wanted to secure space to, to shoot it on a green screen. And the studio said, no, he put up his own green screen at his house and, and or maybe not his house, but in his own location, and and got the actors to come film it. Uh, obviously, he wanted it done, and it doesn't fit in with the movie, Chuck. I mean, you can sit here and say that you like the scene, but it doesn't fit in with the movie whatsoever. It's just like a a vignette that he kind of threw in at the end that we'd normally just kind of see as a teaser for a future movie, maybe. Um, it didn't answer any question. It just posed more. <laughs> um, 
And we're supposed to wonder how it got to this point and how we're going to get to the next point. And we're not going to get either of those answers. So we can talk about it all you want. I just feel like uh, that was just like a cute little, oh, Jared Leto, he, he, got, he got more screen time in this than in Suicide Squad. <laughs> I, mean, I don't joke. know. Yeah. He obviously didn't. But, <laughs> but, you know, it was just like a fun little, oh, remember Jared Leto Joker? Joker? He, was in this, he was in this continuity, so let's put him in. I, I don't put much thought into it. I, I and I didn't like the scene either. I didn't like the I, scene uh, either. Just like felt like a, a way. It felt like a way to address, like you said, the Robin death that they'd never addressed whatsoever and never got mm-hmm. to. And then oh, Harley Quinn, which even Joker said you almost had me. So we don't even know if that was true. Um, I and then uh, what was their plan? What was their plan? What were they supposed to do with Joe? Why was he even? Why was he even part of that group? He was there. He has no power. He was there to help them defeat. Well, I guess and, try to defeat Superman. Yeah. How are they gonna do that? Well, I mean, with a, with a nice little diversion known as known as the Joker. <laughs> I don't know how they're planning to do that, but I mean. We also, again, got to take into consideration, we've talked about this already, that this is an incomplete story. We're never, like you said, we're never going to see Zack Snyder's full reality come, like, like full vision come to play. Because we're... Unless it's like in comic books, yeah. maybe. So, I mean, he's obviously had this idea. This is an idea he set up back in Batman versus Superman. And I give him credit because the dude did map it all out. His execution was poor at times, but I do like his direction with where things were heading. I have a feeling that you would appreciate this scene or the sequence a lot more if we were getting more. And and I agree. Chuck, there's part of me that really, really, really wants to go down that rabbit hole and, and, and figure out where he was. Hey, hey, let's crowdfund him some more. Hey, let's 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 complain to the studios some more and get some more Snyder stuff. But the other part of me is like, every time, every single time that I thought, oh, it's his vision, we'll see where it goes. Whether it was Man of Steel, whether it was Batman versus Superman, whether it was, whether it was, uh, I guess that's it. (laughs) (laughs) But this Justice League, but this Justice League, every single time I thought, well, we'll trust the process. Because after Batman versus Superman, especially, I thought, man, you did yourself no favors, like the Wonder Woman idea, but you did yourself no favors setting up future films. We'll see how it goes. And I've yet to be, I've yet to be uh, rewarded for that patience. Silence him again. <laughs> I'm trying to think here. Um, I mean that's that's fair. That's fair. I, again, I think I just like the scene because I, I like to think about. I know you don't want to go down the rabbit hole, so I'm not going to drag you down there with me. But I, I like to think, no, no, I like no, to think I was, about I was saying, so I was where saying. it could have been, uh, where it could have gone, and stuff like that. Uh, there's obviously a story he wanted to tell, and that that's the intriguing part here. And they they kept kind of referencing it throughout the four, uh, well, not throughout the four hours, but it was mainly towards the end. There, they're like Lois is the key. Lois is the key. Well, obviously she's the key to something because her death brought them to this reality that we're left with at the end of the movie and stuff like that. So, I mean, yes, it raised a lot more questions than we're ever going to get answers for. Uh, But it was intriguing and it's intriguing and frustrating all at the same time. 
So Joss Whedon tried to take that baton a little bit with the lowest is the key thing and, and use it as the, as the lowest is the key to bringing back Superman's humanity. Yeah. Right. Once, once you revive him, it was like, a, again, it was just a cutting corners thing. Zack Snyder's um, vision was to have it be the key to saving humanity because without her, Superman becomes corrupted by dark side and becomes evil. Yeah. Right. Uh, I've I've got the bullet points on where Zack Snyder was supposed to go with it. Like originally, he was supposed supposed to at least have a two part Justice mm-hmm. League. He was supposed to have the one end with them thinking that they won, which is what we got essentially, and then the second one was supposed to be that nightmare come to fruition. Mm-hmm. We don't know which one, whether it was the one from Batman versus Superman or the one at the end of Justice League or a new one, but something along those lines, and that eventually the flashpoint movie would come in to kind of course correct or at least set the time back to where they can do something about it and save the day. Now, again, we don't know how those things all gel together because that's all lost on us now. I don't even know what the flashpoint movie is going to be about, but yeah, it's, it's something that's, we're just going to have to kind of, you know, uh, dream about maybe and, and, and figure out in our heads or wait for Zack Snyder to give us all the answers in some form, which I can't say that I'm, well, <laughs> I can't say I'm just there, There's now. still the opportunity that uh, you bring up a very good point here. And it's a question I actually thought about. So it was like with the flashpoint movie, when we do get it, you know, they're going to do a little bit of course correction. So I actually began to wonder, you know, with the delays that the flashpoint movie has been experiencing lately, Will they readjust their story based off of this cut of the Justice League? Will they address some of the stuff from this cut of the Justice League? Or are they going to stick with the theatrical version of the Justice League? Where's that story? I feel like they're probably going to end up going a little bit more, lean a little bit more towards Zack Snyder's cut here. Only, I, and, you know, we've only got rumors to really live off of right now. We've got some co- confirmation, but rumors live off. Obviously, Michael Keaton returning as Batman. Exciting. Um, ben, Affle- ben Affleck's so, supposed to reprise his role as Batman for the Flashpoint movie. So that's where I really right. begin to think, like, maybe they're going to talk about some of this stuff. So maybe they will address the things from that final sequence in the Flashpoint movie. What I have read, and I, you know, can't, can't, we can't confirm this, but what I have read is that Warner Brothers is considering the continuity to stop at the, uh, the superhero wide shot of them standing victorious. That extra stuff, nightmare stuff doesn't count. Because it's, I mean, to acknowledge that means that you have to now take on Snyder as like a consultant to like dictate where you go from here. Um, uh, yeah, I would I'm much prefer them to just ignore that nightmare scene because it is just that, right? It's supposed to be like a, this is what could happen. I mean, that's the whole idea of Flash is that there's multiple versions of this. That, I, that's the whole idea of Flash point is that so many different timelines can be playing out all at once right and I, and i'm again i'm very very curious about this flashpoint thing it's all man it's it's, it's like we're talking at least with marvel 
especially during the COVID era, at least with Marvel, you know, it's going to come out. We just don't know when or how or whatever, but it's, they, they've got it planned with DC. It's like, <laughs> I, how many tea leaves you got, man? Because this is, this is just ridiculous. How, how, how much can we rely on the press clippings that we get? Because it, a lot of times they're leading us down this road and then, but that Ben Affleck um, Batman sequel, how many iterations of that do we get before it was just like, all right, it's canceled. That's very true. Like they, they kept talking about the Ben Affleck uh, Batman sequel forever. Well, yeah. Oh, Ben Affleck's long, long Ben time. Affleck's going to run it and direct it. All right. Well, it's going to be, it's going to be this villain instead. Yeah, all right. Yeah, it's going to be yeah. this instead. Okay. Ben Affleck is not going to direct it anymore, but he's still going to be in it. Oh, never mind. Ben Affleck's walked away from the entire project. <laughs> yeah. 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 So I, I take it with a grain of salt. I, you know, like they said, that they got Aquaman two, Wonder Woman three, Flashpoint. Those are already planned. Uh, and whether or not they do a great, whether or not they do a Green Lantern Corps thing, uh, you know, I'm for Lantern Corps. I can I, if they do it right. I mean, I, nothing wrong with the last Green Lantern movie they gave us, a, but nothing wrong. It wasn't that bad. It wasn't nothing that wrong. bad. So you just think it was too much CGI. The rest of the story is fine. Oh, they relied heavily on the CGI. Well, a little, a little too much. But I mean, I, I wasn't, I wasn't against worst, it. Worst, worst villain of all time is a smog clown. Uh, is that really the worst villain of all time? <laughs> okay, all right, fine, fine. Um, back to Justice League. Uh, things that I liked about the movie. <laughs> So see, I knew you weren't going to like about the movie. Like the end okay, sequence. I knew you weren't going to like that, and I knew I, that I was going to have a very unpopular opinion there. Um, the other, th- can I can I just pause for yeah. a quick quick second? I was I was actually asking aloud for the last quarter of the movie, so hour. Um, when when was the joke coming? I know. I knew I, knew I was, was doing the same it. thing too. I knew Jared Little was in it. I had to wait until the very last second or the very last minute in order to get that and i just felt like man what i was sitting there like uh, okay he's gonna he's almost, just gonna show up like here he's bait. gonna show up here. where the hell is he it was almost like it was almost like a bait to like make sure i watched it to the very end you know um kind of going along with the same line of uh it's really strange now that i think about it the things i like about it are the things we're never going to see or get answers for that's kind of weird. Um, the other, the other thing I liked about it, you know, they teased it in the theatrical cut as well. You know, um, Slade Wilson, Deathstroke. Uh, he got he got jipped out of this too between between. So he, Joe Joe, Man, Joe yeah. Manganiello, and he he got just a slightly a little bit more screen time in that end sequence and stuff like that. You know, he's high. He's he hired to kill Bruce Wayne, Batman, by Lex Luthor. And then all of a sudden he's friends with Batman and working together and we'll, and we'll never, never know, know how it's intriguing, <laughs> but I really liked the idea of him playing this character. And it's a shame that we're never going to see love it. to have seen it. We're never because he was originally him. supposed to be the no. villain of the Batman sequel with Ben Affleck. That's right. And then all of a sudden, yeah. like, nope, he's not there anymore. Yeah. And so I, it's, it's curious that um Zack Snyder left that in there because I'm sure he shot multiple uh, he might have even shot 
the one that they use in the theatrical cut because he didn't know where this movie was headed because he he didn't know where Warner Brothers was going to put put their money. So he must have filmed several, but he decided to put that in there because he's like, you know what? Let me show all the different offshoot movies that were supposed to come of this because there were supposed to be many movies that were supposed to come out of this Snyderverse. And I, yeah, you're right. I, I, between all, there were so many people that were gypped after seeing this cut. Uh, and, and, and Joe Manganiello is one of them. Ray Fisher is another one. Um, I thought that Amy Adams got gypped in a huge way. Uh, she, she completely was hamstrung by the theatrical cut. Like she had some good scenes in the, in the Snyder, Snyder cut that were just completely wiped out. I just feel I just feel sorry for these actors, which I shouldn't. I shouldn't. <laughs> Don't feel Probably sorry would for them. <laughs> no, but no, I agree with you. Amy Amy Adams just she's a very they they set up Lois Lane to be such a central character, um, and then all of a sudden she goes from being you know up here to like <laughs> Lois is the Lois is the key, but we're not going to put her in the movie. <laughs> Lois, you're important. Go sit over there. Go. <laughs> now wait. Now wait for yeah. a time to come up and show up <laughs> randomly. I. Right, sorry. Things you like. Things nah, you like. There, there were very few, and I just named them. Sorry. Two oh, things two I liked, okay. and they're all at the end of the movie. <laughs> okay. I will say I, I already I already told you I like the the dark side Steppenwolf uh, interactions. Those those were those were yeah. good addition. Um, I like the black suit Superman. Me too. Uh, again, it, it, I don't know why it was cut because you can leave in Steppenwolf and still use the black suit Superman. I don't know why they decided to go. I just don't, I don't get it because you had to re-render all that stuff. It's a cost just to change it from black to red and blue, but whatever. Um, uh, I, I liked that they took out, well, they took out, but. I noticed a lot of Joss Whedonisms that were put in there, like most of the interactions between Flash and Superman. That 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 post credit scene where they had the race thing. I'm glad that wasn't a, a Zack Snyder thing. Um, what else did I like? I did not like the Martian Manhunter thing. No, um, I could have done without that throughout the whole. I movie. thought that. I thought that it was just a means of setting up the sequel. I think that you could have left in the end sequence with the post credit thing, whatever, to, to say that, oh, he's been here the whole time. Wow. But to have him be yeah, Martha and Trent, that just undercut the entire scene. Yeah. You're, you're having this emotional moment, which good for Martian Manhunter for knowing how Martha's <laughs> thinking about Superman, I guess. But they had this whole scene that's just, and, and by the way, it was reshot for Joss Whedon. It's essentially the same scene, but in a different location and shorter, but whatever. But it's basically them saying, we're the only ones that know that he's Superman and Clark Kent. We're the only ones that can actually share this secret with each other without being able to explain it to the world because we're grieving for two people, not for one. And it was, I, I was one of those long scenes where I was like, <laughs> Man, their their tea has been steaming for an hour. What, why is it still hot? Uh, and it was long and drawn out, but it was completely undercut by by yeah. the Martian Manhunter. It just made the whole scene feel worthless. Other than the whole fanboy, 
whoa, he's in the movie. I uh, did not like that. I'm trying to try, I'm trying to find things that I like. No, no, I, and I, I agree with you um, on that whole thing. Had they just left that one part out about that being Martian Manhunter and just left it a nice emotional scene between Lois and Martha, I that would have been a whole lot better for the movie. And then when Martian Manhunter just shows up, right there at the end to talk to Bruce Wayne's like, oh, I've been watching, you know, and I'm here, right. I'm here have him, and I'm have him, have him show up as the, the general guy that was in man of steel, have him show up as that be like, I like what you're doing, blah, 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 Batman, or yeah. Bruce Wayne, this, that, and the other, and then have him transform and fly away. That would be like a, Holy mm. shit. He was Martian man mm. the whole time. That would have been a better uh, delivery on that, on that, um, that break. But like, I, I don't know. Whatever Zack Snyder wanted to, to show it his way, fine. Um, I we I think we completely are omitting. I thought was one of the best scenes of the entire movie, which was when uh, the Flash is zipping around and eventually goes back in time, and the world is being oh, re-rendered yeah. in oh, front yeah. of him. One of the best scenes of the and, and probably cost a, a good amount of CGI budget, but one of the best scenes of the entire movie, and it. I, I promise you the first time around I was thinking it and definitely by the second time around I was how do you leave that scene out? You can again it, a lot of this comes back to them changing the villain. Right? Josh Whedon said in in the in the writers room or or maybe the producers said it, I don't know. We need to change the villain. Fine. We got to we, we got to tweak some scenes and move some stuff around. But that that flash Going back, that can still be in there. I don't know why. It, it just goes back to it. Just goes back to maybe they're just trying to undercut the character development. Maybe they're trying to not get. Maybe they maybe they don't want us to care about Cyborg and Flash too much because they're about to to ditch this entire project. Maybe we just want to go a different way to make it just like a consolidated film. Bing bang boom, Superman saves the day, and leave it at that. But. It was just such a good, like, well-rendered scene, just watching things rematerialize in front of him because everyone was blown up at that point. Like, the world essentially had ended, and he's saving the world. It just, it just, it's crazy to me that that Joss Whedon was so against Cyborg and Flash saving the world <laughs> and wanted it to be about uh, uh, Superman and Wonder Woman. <laughs> Wonder Woman's boobs. I mean, you know. I can't speak for Joss Whedon, obviously, because we're not, you know, we don't know each other. And I can't uh, say for what's on his mind. I guess what he was really doing is, like, if you're looking at these six core characters here, I mean, you got Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, probably the three most recognizable out of your six core, right? You got Aquaman. He's there. Cool. Whatever. Um, and then you've got Cyborg and Flash. Well, out of those two, Cyborg's probably like, he's the most expendable. And obviously that was the case for Joss Whedon uh, in his cut. Who's the next most expendable? The Flash. Now, they had already been talking about a Flash movie at this point. They had already been talking about it. But if anything, if you remove those two from the equation, it wasn't detrimental to anything Warner Brothers probably had planned for the future at that point yeah uh, yeah i understand that i just it just seemed to me that if if they weren't already in the promotional material leading up the teasers and whatnot leading up to the movie that joss whedon would just cut them out entirely 
because it just seemed like he wasn't a part of, they weren't a part of his plan, you know, that he would have just kept the core group together and they would have saved the day because it just seemed like he was, he, Joss Whedon was there to, to fix it or to, 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 to get it across the finish line. He didn't, he didn't seem to care about anything that was uh, Zack Snyder's vision leading up to it. So I'm trying to walk the line with faulting him, but also excusing him because I know Warner Warner Brothers is is a big big reason for a lot of these things happening, and 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 I think it's the it's the the production companies to blame for a lot of the meddling involved in this as forgetting the two different wildly different products that we got. Yeah, I I, I can agree with that absolutely. I mean, Joss Whedon just want was brought in to deliver a product that Warner Brothers asked for and quite possibly he's like okay well if this is what you want this is what you're going to get uh and i really feel like we put a lot of we put a lot of flack up against him on uh this one this that movie is not entirely his fault it, like you said warner brothers needs to carry a majority of the blame here warner brothers doesn't know how to make a good movie if you were to hand them the exact formula to do it uh their problem is is that they want to meddle too much too much they just got they got to let things go they got to tr- they got to trust the filmmakers that they have brought in to make these movies and I, again i'm not saying Zack snyder's the right person for this at all but you know when Zack snyder they were trying to oust him that that's exactly how it sounds like when you read the all these news reports and stuff like that. Oh, he was he was out. He was out. And, and it then, just so happened that a family I, tragedy I, happened, and Warner Brothers right, probably just right. sat there like, "Oh, this is the clouds is that we can, we can we can part yeah, ways on, and, and nobody's exactly. at fault." He can walk away now. Yeah. Here, Joss, yeah. come on in. Yeah. Help us out here. Uh, you did Avengers. You did a good job with Avengers. We don't. We didn't watch Ultron. You did a good job with Avengers. <laughs> Give us a circle shot. Give us a circle shot. Uh, but, you know, Joss Whedon, I think, just did what he was asked to do. You know, like, here's your paycheck. This yeah. is what we want. And so that's what he did. That's what he delivered. Now, if when we're talking about all the personal things, you know, like the little joke that he threw in, or the way he treated some of the actors and stuff like that, like Ray Fisher has a lot to say, a lot of stuff to say about how he acted professionally and stuff like that. That that's a completely different story. When we're just talking about the type of movie that he delivered, I will not fault him for that. I'm going to fault him for the people that were pulling his damn strings, telling him to do what to do. I completely, completely agree. I, you know, and if we want to leave the behind the scenes stuff off the table, fine. Uh, it, it, it certainly caused a lot of mayhem in the, in the make, in the remaking of the movie, but he was in an impossible situation and he, and he at least turned out a product that made money. Um, not the money they wanted, but it made it, but doesn't, doesn't, doesn't this bring the bigger question in though about well, how often have you heard in the middle of, of, of a movie coming out that you were looking forward to, whether it's studio meddling, studio reshoots, studio whatever, how often have you heard that and thought, oh, well, it's probably for the better? Not not very often at all. Not no. often. Um, yeah. 
other cases in point there, the solo movie, the original firing of their directors, and then bringing in Ron Suicide Howard. Squad. Bringing in Ron Howard, a very established and well-respected director. And I'm not saying, again, the end result is Ron Howard's fault either. He built off of what already existed. But you can definitely tell it's two different types of movies meddled into one. You got uh, Chris Lord and uh, Phil Mill. Did I get that right? Chris Miller, Phil Lord. I always get their names confused. Uh, but the original directors of Solo... Uh, anytime there's something funny happening in that movie, you can tell it's them. It's their type of comedy. And then you can definitely tell where Ron Howard tried to fill in the blanks. And the mixing of those two styles of uh, movie making just did not mix very well. Um, So yeah, anytime you hear a story of like, hey, we're taking this director, he started something, and bloop. Ugh. But then sometimes it works. So um, another case here uh, over at Warner Brothers lot is uh, no wait it was Fox never mind but um, Bohemian Rhapsody. Brian Singer was the original director of that and he did a majority of the principal photography. I think they said he was responsible for at least three quarters of the principal photography. Dexter Fletcher came in and finished the rest of it. And Brian Singer got to take credit for that. I don't see... Whatever problems were going on with Brian Singer, I didn't tell a difference, honestly, in the movie quality. And I I didn't not want to see the movie because of this director change, either. I didn't think any... I didn't think adversely of it. Well, in my opinion, the movie was salvageable. It was decent, but it wasn't like it wasn't great. I, I don't. I, I, I. If it weren't for Rami Malek's performance, I wouldn't even call that movie a success story. It was just like a. I could have watched that on TV. I could have watched the E True Hollywood story of of uh, Queen and been like, oh, okay, cool. That's the same thing I got from that movie. Um. So I don't consider that to be one of the success stories of studio med- meddling. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Maybe I'm maybe I'm missing some in 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 recent memory, but a lot of the ones I'm thinking of just didn't turn out well. Whether it was, you know, uh, Suicide Squad, uh, whether it was, um, 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 what else am I thinking of? I had a lot of. God, you took you took Solo out of my mouth too. That's what I was thinking of too. But yeah, a lot of times when when you when you're having to delay things and and cause a lot of reshoots, it typically means you don't have a very very good film in your hands and they're just trying to salvage it and and i like to not think that but again you, you, we don't have we don't have many very many in our memory to prove that that a lot can come no that's that's very true uh, a lot of stories that you hear of uh, studios coming in and saying well this is how we want it done well again not going to work out uh some of the other ones i can think of uh fox some of fox's marvel projects um no not apocalypse dark phoenix dark phoenix that was that was yeah, fox that, that. just having their hands in it I, I i've said it before on the show i will say it again jennifer lawrence was smart and said kill off my character i do not want to be a part of this <laughs> please kill me off uh, for sure the well, that, that had to do with oh, makeup, sure. too, I'm sure. Uh, the other thing, uh, <laughs> the other one I was thinking of, um, 
Fantastic Four, the Fantastic Four remake. Oh yeah, yes, yes. The Josh yeah. Trank, yeah. Where yeah. their own the own director was just like, "This is a garbage movie, guys. This is a garbage movie." <laughs> uh, he was on Twitter yeah. before it came out saying, "This is this, this is, is not my movie." It, it's like basically, it, you know. Um, um, but and then and then after Snyder, it's released the yeah, Trank release the Trank. <laughs> I mean, you're getting it with everybody. Uh, David Ayer, uh, going back to Suicide Squad, even said like, "Yeah, that Suicide Squad, that wasn't the movie I made. That wasn't it. That was Warner Brothers." Yeah. Uh, so then there was that yeah. very very small lived movement on Twitter. You know, release the Ayer cut and did. Now that brings us to a very good topic of discussion here. Did Zack Snyder getting his way, releasing this cut, set a precedence for the future of I, directors? Yes, and, it, and it's not a good one. No, it, it gives a lot of it gives a lot of power to the Change.org uh, people. Um, to where, if you make your voices heard lo- uh, long for a long enough period and loudly enough, uh, and I, you know, quarantine might have had something to do with this too. I don't know. Yeah. It might have been the whole, like, we're starving for fresh movies, blah, blah, blah. I don't know how much of a role that played. But it definitely gave power to to the um, the nerd masses that want to have their way. And if – I don't know. We'll have to see the second time around, right? We'll have to see if, a, if, a, if someone else manages to finagle their way into a little bit extra cash to make their own vision uh, reborn. Um but I, I sure hope it. I sure hope it doesn't. But it, it, it the the fan reaction to this is generally generally positive, right? Yeah. So you're you're speaking about people that were clamoring for it, and then the people that were rewarded by it, and all of a sudden it becomes some kind of a success story. I fear for a future iteration of how how this will play out with some other some other movie. I you know. Like will we will we see the air cut of Suicide Squad? The, will we the see Brian the, Singer Dark yeah, Phoenix? Um, Brian the Singer cut of Dark Phoenix. Um, well, see that wasn't even Brian Singer. He didn't direct that movie. It was, oh, which one was? Uh, he, he the last one he did was Apocalypse. Uh, I forget. Uh, oh, who was the guy who did uh, this one? It was the. It was the one who did. Um, Oh, I lost it. I lost. It. I lost it too. But I mean, uh, I, I I'm concerned about the precedence this uh, actually creates. I read an article the other day, and it's been talked about a little bit on uh, news programs and stuff like that. Uh, Chris Columbus, the director who did Mrs. Doubtfire, <laughs> he had talked about how there's enough footage that he could get his hands on to recut Mrs. Doubtfire into an R-rated movie because of robin williams right you know all robin his ad, williams all his ad living and stuff like that there's but so many he, outtakes so many outtakes that they can yeah but he raises the question <laughs> why why is it important why would i do it there's no reason okay. the the movie money, that money, i produced money. in the movie the studio money. put out yeah, it's is just, fine it's, just money. it's fine you can, you can really re-release anything in theaters with some kind of twist hey george blame george lucas okay he's the guy that figured out if i can tweak if i can tweak two scenes per movie (laughs) and keep re-releasing them and making more money off of it then why the hell not uh have you have you ever seen the um 
the fan cuts of episodes one, two, and three. I didn't know they existed. They exist. Uh, I haven't seen them either, but they exist somewhere where somebody edited down these movies and basically like, these are the movies George should have given us. And they're supposed to be way better. <laughs> I, I listen again, setting the bar low. Yeah. Uh, I assume that they're better, but you gotta, yeah. I mean, are they, are they like, are they actual like Hollywood quality or is it? I, I honestly, I, I have no idea. Okay. I was about to ask, is it just restitched or is it like actual I think it's, man-made? No, I think it's like literally cutting out all the crap. Okay. Okay. So it's like no Jar Jar. Yeah, no Jar Jar. <laughs> it's just even though he's a Sith shit. Lord. Got it. Got it. Well, again, that's gonna take somebody telling me, hey, they're worthwhile to watch, because I'm not gonna read I'm not gonna devote any more time to to trying to make those things good, even though Hayden Christensen is coming back. But anyway, um, yeah, I, I do. I do worry about because you know this this broader discussion of how much power the studio has to get their way, even though their way doesn't make fans happy, more or less. But as long as they get as long as they get a profit, they're happy. Yeah. So you know who what, what do they care? Oh, we could have made more money. Well, I think I think we're comfortable. But if you give power to to the Twitter sphere about releasing, you know, any kind of extended cut or director's cut or whatever. I do, I do worry. Can you imagine if, if, if this kind of, if Twitter was around like, you know, Blade Runner kind of time frame, how many, how many releases we got of Blade Runner and eventually we got like the ultimate Blade Runner release and then everyone's happy. Like just imagine if you started giving these people power back then when all of these, the director's cut thing wasn't even a, it was like a DVD release yeah, special kind yeah. of thing, you know? Apocalypse Now director's cut on DVD. Cool. All right. Now I'll buy that now. Mm-hmm. But if you're commanding them, if you're if you're you have the ability to command them to reshoot things and command a, a, a new budget for CGI and to re- I worry about I worry about the attempts, mm-hmm. how many how many times they try it, but I but I think more importantly I worry about from a from a a, a movie fan perspective the whole continuity of things. Because like you said, you know, it it is the DCU. We, we might want to worry about where things might head out of this Snyder cut. But just simply, if even if it's a standalone movie, like I just mentioned Blade Runner, could you tell me, like, could, could we honestly establish what is the Blade Runner movie? What is the actual, what, you know, because there's so many things tweaked in, in, in and around because you had the theatrical cut. And then you had like a new version that that was with narration. And then you had like all these different things. Is there going to come a time where we have a movie that's released and an ending is changed or somebody, somebody's recast, you know, that kind of thing where it's like all of a sudden we have to consider <laughs> whether the movie itself has changed to where they're not even the same movie. Hmm. That's a good question. I don't know, man. That's that's what I worry about because you know I'm thinking this is just like a one pet project thing where Zack Snyder made so much of the movie and got ditched and people that he felt, felt like it was an in- incomplete life project because so much led up to it. Yeah, and you know, and the fans fed into that because they felt let down from what they got yeah. afterwards. What about all those Easter eggs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you built up so much and we didn't get the delivery, and we still didn't even get the answers. delivery on a lot of it. 
Um, no. The other thing I think of, you know, the internet bullying basically studios into doing things is Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah, oh, that's that's a good point. That is a good point. That was for the better. Oh, no, that one that was, was definitely for the better, but that's the power yeah. of the yeah. fan base. Like how many hits and misses are we going to get out of this? Whole yeah, thing? you because know, for every Sonic we have. <laughs> but, you know, and studios are going to take that into account. I know these are differing studios and stuff like that, but, you know, they're going to take a look at that and be like, well, Sony could have been or I'm sorry, uh, who did this one? Paramount. Paramount uh, could have said, we don't care what you think. We're going to release this movie anyway. But they, well, they correct me they if I'm listened. wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong. That movie didn't change outside of just the rendering. Just the rendering of Sonic. Of Sonic. Right? That's it. Yeah. So that's that's a that's a special classification in this whole read. The, you know uh, the the fan demands. But it creates a different but, movie. It, essentially, you're you're talking about oh. the look of a creature. Whereas if you would have taken it at its original look, it would have felt like a different type of movie. It it would have changed. Yes, it would have changed. It would change our perception of Sonic, who, who is the main character. Yes. Yes, I agree with you. I agree with you. But it doesn't like James Marsden's acting around that character. No, yeah, same it doesn't change. Yeah. He's still Jim Carrey is still going to be, you know, his crazy self. Yeah. Yes, that doesn't change. Right. It does. Yes. The movie, the movie, uh, the, the, the skin and bones of it are the same, mm -hmm. right? It's just the, the uh, appearance of Sonic that, that allows you to uh, believe it more, mm -hmm. you know, because that, that was but, an I mean, awful, awful attempt. There, you know, there, there's a thought, there's a thought that, that that was just like the studio just pranking us like, oh, we're going to put out this, 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 uh, this hokey little trailer just to see what they say kind of like a screener you know kind of like yeah, a, uh, -huh. a get some feedback kind of thing there's a thought about that i don't believe it but i don't believe it um, either that, for one second that that's those that's a video game um that that's a video game specific crowd i think that that's so beholden to the appearance of characters but i feel like it um, it could also set up something moving into other movies so you know we as we as fans have these ideas we got um we've got these images in our head of how these things should look how these things should feel and stuff like that so now we're all analyze you know you watch a movie trailer you analyze it you you you're sitting there trying to pick out how this movie is going to play out and things like that they got they got them to change an entire character based off of one little trailer. Yeah. What if you there's this movie that you're looking forward to very much and they release a trailer on it and you're just like, well, that's not how I envisioned it. And so you get the rest of the internet to back you up on this idea and you bully a studio to make the movie that you envisioned. That would, is a dangerous have. time we're living in right now. I, no, I agree. I agree. And and I and like I said, I, I don't. I I I would very much prefer to not envision that world being what it is because I already think that people are way too beholden to to the Twitter sphere. Mm -hmm. Like to you know, if you if you got enough likes and retweets, then all of a sudden you got you know the the, the way of the world behind you. But so far they've not changed they've not been able to change 
movies as a whole. Like it's like it's like you said, it's changing the rendering of Sonic or uh, Bane. We can't hear his voice. Can you please change the sound up? And it worked out better. Yeah, that's a good you know example. I mean? Yeah. Right. So more 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 times than not, it's it's just like I said. It's like having a test audience and giving them the positive feedback to to make that correction for the final release. We have not seen yet a situation where you get enough uh, people behind you to say, I don't like that character, remove them entirely. You know, like, uh, I can't, I, there's not enough good, not enough movies coming out, but you know, like uh, uh, Black Widow or something like, uh, mm, I'm against uh, Rachel Weisz's character. That's not a <laughs> comic book. That's not comic book uh, uh, specific. Uh, she was never around. Uh, can we remove her? You know, that would, that would change the entire movie. Uh, well, you're, you're actually getting this right now, going back to Warner Brothers. The internet is changing an entire movie. Uh, Fantastic Beast franchise. Thanks to campaigns via social media, such as Twitter oh, and stuff Johnny like Depp. that, you have just changed an entire character. It's a recast, oh, but that makes it a completely different character than what we've gotten. We've gotten Johnny Depp portraying this character in two movies so far, and now... We're going to have somebody else portraying this character, not because an actor died or anything like that. It was a forced change because people didn't no. people didn't like Johnny Depp. And we might not no, get Amber Heard in the next Aquaman movie. In fact, I think I read somewhere recently that she was not going to be in the next Aquaman movie because of everything that's yes. going on. This is stuff Kev, that, that this is the power Kevin of the people. Space, that's a Kevin Spacey thing. Yeah, that's it's Kevin the, Spacey. Kevin thing Spacey thing. all of a sudden, well, he did it to himself. But through I, the power well, of they, people. they did Johnny Depp and Amber Heard did themselves too. Agreed, agreed. But this is the power but, of the people. Now we're talking about character changes or character removals, but now you're essentially changing an entire. You're changing a story, an already established thing. Re recasting, yeah, I, I get it. Recasting does not change a story. I mean, it it, it has it, happened many times. It changes in movies a and look. Shows. It's jarring. It's jarring. But it, if it's done right, you, you tend to forget about it. Rachel Dawes, I don't see any of us complaining about how Maggie Gyllenhaal portrayed her. No, you know, she I did a better job than Katie Holmes. So there are some casting choices or, you know, casting uh, exactly. redos that work. Absolutely. Right. But then th Boring, but it doesn't. It doesn't but that was that wasn't of, but that movie. wasn't a that wasn't a fan change. OK, I know. I'm just. <laughs> I'm just saying. No, I mean, they're, I'm they're, just saying that not all recastings, not all recastings can be taken are as be bad, bad. But I mean, and certainly these recastings are bent around the idea that they don't deserve the work because they're awful people. Yeah, I, and, but what I'm going to, but why I'm saying it's it's changing the movie essentially is because Johnny Depp is one thing, Mads, whatever his last name is, who's replacing him as Grindelwald. Yeah, yeah, completely different thing. The, these are not. These actors are not on the same playing field. And I don't think so, Mads is going to bring to Grindelwald what Johnny Depp has already established. We're going to get a completely different character. So because we're talking about movies that I have not seen, did you prefer Johnny Depp's portrayal? No. <laughs> okay. I thought Johnny okay. Depp was so awful in this you, movie. Okay, so you could afford to see him gone is what you're saying. Yeah, but you're just you just don't like the idea of him being recast midstream at all. I don't like I don't like the fact that they they I I want them to stick with their choice. They chose Johnny Depp. 
They, he established this character for what it is, and he's playing it a certain way. Mads is not going to be able to fill it that exact same. It's that you know of. That, that, that we you know, know of. He might surprise me, but I'm not holding. I'm not holding my breath yeah. here. But it's it's like the whole Richard Harris Michael Gambon thing. So after Richard Harris passed away, and they had to recast Dumbledore in the Harry Potter series, and Michael Gambon comes in. I'm sorry, that is a completely different it was a, it, Dumbledore. Was, it was, was very, a different it was look. It was and a it took, different acting took, style. Everything. And it took several movies for him to actually inherit the role. Uh, yeah, by the end you I'll liked you him, that. but still. Wouldn't you... Right, but wouldn't you put that on the director, not necessarily the, the actor? I don't know. It, it, I put it, it just seems both. to me... It goes back to uh, Alden Ehrenreich, I guess. Was that Solo? Was yeah. That the guy who was in Solo? Yeah. He at least tried to do his best to become you know, Harrison Ford from the original Star Wars. At least he had tried to become that character. Yeah. You would think that Michael Gambon would be like, all right, let me try to do this soft hearted, good fellow, uh, uh, Dumbledore. But instead he was like the hard ass version, yeah. like right around the corner. <laughs> and it's like, and nobody wants to question the fact that, uh, Oh, Dumbledore was all this in the first two movies. And then all of a sudden he's this, he looks different. He's acting different. Uh, we get, it's a different actor, but you couldn't have tried to make him look like, how Dumbledore looked in the first two films and how he acted in the first two films. So that that's where it, I've lost my train of thought with this, damn it. You were you were trying to get at why people should not be allowed to dictate recasting simply based on moral character. Thank you. Moral moral fiber. Thank you. You don't have to like somebody. A death a death is one thing. A death like like R Richard Harris like you said and uh katie holmes not wanting to do a sequel those are different things mm -hmm. we all we've all been there before we've all we've all seen how they've recast people and different things you're talking just talking about the moral aspect yeah you're okay with you're okay with um all the money in the world you're okay with that recasting like uh kevin spacey and uh um i'm gonna be honest i haven't seen the movie um i've heard but no i'm, I'm just talking about the 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 principle of it <laughs> Cost a lot of money. It cost them a lot, and it, well, it, and it paid off. It paid off. I mean, Christopher it's, Plummer won an Oscar for it, so good for him. Right, right. Uh, but right. Uh, I don't know. I mean, in the end, in the end, this is all about money. They knew that putting Kevin Spacey in the theater would have detracted more audiences than would have attracted, and so they decided this is the best way to make money off of it. I, that's the whole thing driving. But, yeah. You, yes. Yeah, you're right. I mean, because in the end, the studio still needs to be able to make their money. So, you know, they can they can go in and like, OK, yeah, it's going to cost us to recast them and reshoot all those scenes and stuff like that. But in the end, it's going to pay off and it's going to be worth it. And it worked out for them. Great. I just. It's the I power of the people that just it really scares me if it's isolated incidents. Fine. But I really feel like this power that all of a sudden everybody on the internet feels like they have those fucking keyboard warriors stuck at their computer screens, just typing away, typing away, typing away, bullying and everything like that. This is how I want the world made. These are how this is the future of movies. The, the, and yeah. people are going to dictate how movies are made, not 
not filmmakers or anything like that. People are going to dictate it. And if they don't like it, they can crash a movie. If they don't like it, they can bully a studio into doing it their way and stuff like that. And that destroys art. And the beautiful thing about art is that we don't have to like every little piece of it that comes out into the world. I, I no, I completely agree with you. And and if we were living in a world that was not uh, dic- not dictated by studios, mm-hmm. then we could have that happy medium. And th- but we've already established that if you want to make an art, if you want to make an artistic work, the best way to go about it is to self fund it. Yeah, don't don't get a studio, studio involved. And I, I've never run a studio. I've never worked for a studio. I I I, I get the gist of it, but I'm not going to sit there and say I have a full understanding of the inner workings of a studio. But what from what I would think is that obviously you go through the process of finding people to make a movie, and one of those important steps is finding the visionary director to bring your story to life. You need to put your trust into that team you're assembling, not be like, I want you to make this vision and I'm going to tell you how to do it the entire way. No, I don't like your idea. Exactly. No, I don't like your exactly. idea. Yes, I, yes, yes, no. I'm paying you. Don't worry. I don't like your idea. Yeah, I'm not a I'm not a Hollywood historian. I'd love if we had one on, but I can't imagine. I can't imagine this is how things used to be. It did, wasn't it wasn't it you give me a pitch mm-hmm. we'll find a director and producer and they'll make the movie yeah you know what i mean like it never used to be like a okay but let me make sure i have eyes on every change that you make mm-hmm. because that that's the part that's the part that i really have trouble with and that's why a lot of, that's why the actor trajectory now tends to be make all your big budget movies early and young to where you can make whatever the hell you want yeah older. you can do all that's your arts and stuff doing. later yeah, Chris Evans is like, I'm just in it right now for all the big money, and then I can make whatever the hell I want. Yeah, you know, Chris Evans could walk away from Hollywood right now and never make another movie, and he'll be fine. You know? Yeah, yeah. I just I, so so I. It's a bit of a push and pull here. You're 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 obviously um, you obviously have a, a a big issue with people dictating changes i'm with you but i'm also against the big corporations dictating the changes too so yeah then that becomes the question who has the right to dictate change once you're funded i'm sorry once you're funded for the movie and unless unless you go over budget or it goes longer than necessary then the studio should step in or you create a or you create an end product, which is nothing like was what was originally agreed upon. Then, yeah, you know, studios have a right to sit there and say, "Well, you know, my name is what you pitched to me. This, you know, yeah, I'm not. This isn't what you pitched exactly. me. Exactly. <laughs> but if if you if I'm a director and I'm hired to do something, and I do it to the best of my ability, and I and I share with you my vision the entire way. So you're a studio executive, and I'm the director. You hired me to make this movie, and I showed you my storyboards. I sent you my dailies and everything like that. And I'm like this. And then you get to see the final product. If you told me that that final product was a piece of shit and you don't understand you, we're going to redo it or we're going to do this. It doesn't make sense. to me. I'm going to be like, why the fuck am I sitting here right now? Well, it's it's the honest question. If if I don't want to see this movie, how could I expect couple million to want to see it it makes sense right like it's a good question but shouldn't you have caught that during the entire filming process like uh, again you're seeing the dailies here i'm sending you stuff and you're just like uh i'm not sure about this uh i don't like their question their question 
their question really is, will audiences prefer this? Not will I prefer this or will, you know, will audiences prefer this, right? Mm-hmm. So again, like you said, if they're if they're tracking it the entire way and giving a little feedback here and there, that's okay. I just don't like the whole, yeah, I'm not about that character. Do away with them. Or you, you never said that you wanted a uh, Gal Gadot for Wonder Woman. I'm not on board with that. Like, no, I'm sorry. Like you agreed to the pitch. Mm-hmm. You give the money, and then once you're funded, like you can you can oversee maybe and, and provide little feedback. And then once it goes past budget or once it goes past time, once you uh, once you don't once you don't fulfill the contract in one way or another, then you can step in. Yeah, but you shouldn't. Yeah, you should, yeah. otherwise you stay out of my way and let me make your movie. Exactly, <laughs> exactly, exactly. And that's why I love Christopher Nolan because he just does whatever he wants. <laughs> Basically, and you know that's I, that's one of the few you know director slash Warner Brother um, relationships that seems to work. It's like Warner Brothers is like, here's your money, just deliver us a film. It's like they trust him. It's crazy. It's absolutely insane that they trust him. But honestly, he's earned that trust. He's he's yeah. worked very hard to earn that trust. Uh, so you know, Zack Snyder. I guess failed Warner Brothers vision here. Um and all the uh, all the the problem is is but they but he, he, so do you know cuz I don't. Do you happen to know a lot of the behind the scenes about how well I mean first of all he like we said he was going to get fired for one reason or another. I don't know which. Mm-hmm. But then they decided to fund his remake. So how did they manage to get back to the bargaining table to say, all right, we'll fund your, your remake? Um, from what I've been able to read and gather from my readings and stuff like that is that so during the process of when he was still involved with making the movie, you know, they were sending those executives in to oversee and stuff like that. And, you know, uh, he said that's like, oh, OK, well, you know, welcome. I will appreciate your feedback and stuff like that but he he could see through it right away apparently is what he said um and then you know everything just kicked with his daughter and that was just like the the straw that broke the camel's back and everything he just i think it's his wife actually uh deborah who said like they would sit in these meetings with warner brothers and they just got tired of arguing like they got tired of fighting and, you know, they were dealing with family trauma, you know, things like that. And the movie was like three quarters yeah. made. I, I don't They were They were understand. trying to power through and Warner Brothers was making their life <laughs> like hell. So they were just like, you know what? We're done fighting. Y'all, y'all make the movie y'all want to make. And how do you wait that long to put your step, put your foot in and say, all right, <laughs> what's going that's on? That's exactly it. I mean, and he's, you know, of course, you know, it's a he said versus she said thing uh, going on here. But, you know, he said you know, like the same thing I said earlier in our scenario. You know, he was sending in dailies. They obviously the executives that they sent to the sets were observing everything I was going on. It's like it, he wasn't doing anything in secret, you know, this is the movie I'm making, guys. This is the movie I've been making since y'all hired me to do Man of Steel. All right? So yeah. where everything went south for them, I don't know. I think it was Batman versus Superman. That Where did everything start going south? And if they didn't like how Batman versus Superman turned out, they should have been like, Zach, thank you for attempting this. We're going to go another direction. Exactly. Exactly. Because... Because you don't, we've already seen in several franchises, you don't have to acknowledge every little, every little seed that was planted. Mm-hmm. You know, we can take these movies and run in a direction with it. 
whether or not it applies to everything that you try to put into place, we'll see. But they could have totally jettisoned him after Batman members. And it would have been warranted. There was yeah. so much backlash over that movie. Yeah. It would have been warranted. Mm-hmm. But they decided to, it's your vision. It's your vision. It's your vision. Go for it. Like, that's the thing. That's the thing I, I just don't understand. Like, you, the, you decided to cut midstream. And then you could, and like you said, then they come back and we're like, okay, we'll, we'll help you get your cut out there. Is it revisionist history? It's because it was so poorly received. They're like, let's see if we can if, if we can make this. Was it guilt a little bit better, or you yeah, know, yeah. was it driven by guilt the way they treated them during the whole thing or anything like that? I I don't know. I would the, love to be a fly on the wall. All speculation. To, to, yeah, I would love to be a fly on the wall to figure out how they even got back to the table to even talk about it. And I, uh, yeah. Like who initiated this? Did Zack Snyder go and be like, "Hey guys, uh, can I actually show everybody my movie now?" But hey, I also need to still film some of it, so I need some money. <laughs> right? It'd be it'd be one thing. Yeah, it'd be one thing if it was like a Deadpool situation where you know, if, if you remember, Deadpool almost wasn't made entirely, yeah. except uh, except they released test footage, and the fans loved mm-hmm. it, and then it, it became like a, "How do we not make this movie?" The same thing. If Zack Snyder started releasing little snippets and like, "Hey, here's how ba- here's how Superman should have looked," yeah. or here's you know, then it would make sense. But it, I don't understand how they ever got back to the to the bargaining table because, as far as I'm concerned, the relationship was over. Yeah, like he he wasn't even talking to Warner Brothers anymore, and he had his own grief to deal mm-hmm. with. I, that's why I think if it weren't for COVID quarantine situation. Maybe they wouldn't have devoted the, the resources. Maybe they would have just been looking at other, other projects. So you think COVID saved Snyder Cut? Some ways. I mean, I feel like it had. I, I don't know all the rumors yeah. and, and, and backstory, but but I, I think that that hiatus in movie making set a lot of studios back. And this was at least some kind of glimmer to at least show people, here's what we got coming up, mm-hmm. you know, we don't have anything coming out in 2020, but look at what we have coming at the beginning of 2021. And also a nice little vehicle Dis- for the disregarding Wonder Woman 1984 because oh, that was trash. 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 But, <laughs> but but yeah, I, I just I I have to believe that there's some kind of uh, there was just so much just the, everyone was stale on movies because there was nothing coming out. And then this was at least something to look forward to. I don't know what the real story is. Yeah. I don't, again, I don't know if we'll ever know the real story. But he, here we got our four hour, our four hour chunk of what would have been. And uh, it's just a, it's just a slight enhancement. And, and it leaves us more questions than answers. Yeah. <laughs> but it ended up being, it, I guess, I guess Warner Brothers also saw it as a great opportunity to continue to, like you said, make more money because it, it ended up being a nice little vehicle for their HBO Max, you know, streaming service. More subscribers and to, shit like that. To the point where they release a colored version and then they release a black and white version that has an extra Joker scene. Are they really trying to double dip on this thing? Like, wait, wait a minute. <laughs> of course, what kills me is like the aspect ratio of this film, too. Did So, good question. Did you know about that before you started watching no, it? I had no clue it was going to be in 4.8. I also did not know that. And then all of a sudden it was like a... 
I thought there was something well, wrong with my TV. I don't have an IMAX screen. Yeah, I like... I don't have an IMAX. Yeah. I don't know, man. And, and, and oh, God, and the, and the wording of it, the wording of it, it said, this movie's being presented four, four by three to preserve four by three, yeah. Zack Snyder's artistic vision. And I was like, well, that's a... What? He's patting himself on the back before he began. <laughs> that's a lame vision. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Welcome to 2021. Uh, Everybody has widescreens. Yeah. We want to see it in widescreen, okay? <laughs> I want that widescreen vision. Now, saying all that, saying all that, it it was no different than seeing the whole movie because if we did see a widescreen version, we'd be losing the top and bottom of the of this of the the frame. Yeah. So, it's not it's not that we're losing. It's just the fact that I got black spots, black, a black space on my TV that shouldn't be there. Uh, it came in handy for like a couple of scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, they, uh, I, the one I can think of was the Wonder Woman launching the bomb in the air, where you mm-hmm. see like the entire like cityscape. Yeah. Like those kinds of IMAX scenes are, are worthwhile. But when we're watching it at home, I don't, I don't, I don't need to see all that. Nah, I agree. Um, something I just thought he does love that. He does love that slow-mo though. He does love that slow-mo. He's all about the slow-mo. I mean, we've, we've known that throughout pretty much his whole career. Um, crazy. Something that I thought was uh, one of the funniest memes. I, uh, think I saw with the whole release of the Zack Snyder cut is, um, does Zack Snyder need to clean his camera lens? They did a side by side of Mira from th- uh, this movie and then Mira from Aquaman, where it's all nice, bright, and colorful. She's got this like burning red hair, and in this one, she's like dingy. Well, <laughs> I, you know, you're. you're Why is everything the so dark stuff. in Zack Snyder's world? It's tip of the iceberg stuff, because when you're comparing this movie to Aquaman, there's no compa- like the, the nothing's the same. Whether it's whether it's the accents, like I already talked about, Mira's got like this weird thick British yeah. accent, and he's she's got none, or well maybe like a slight one. It's like it's like kind of like it's kind of like a, a Scarlet Witch and how she has an accent in some places and not in others. But um, what else was I gonna say? Uh, the the look and feel of their uh, outfits. Um, they did the Volko uh, uh, Willem Dafoe doesn't look anything like the Aquaman version. Mm. Also. The uh, the air bubbles that they have to talk in, um, that's not Aquaman at all. Uh, so director yeah, so, differences I mean, and things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but if, if I'm a Warner Brothers exec, wouldn't I have that conversation to say, "Hey, here's what we did in Justice League. You're gonna do it. You're gonna do a whole different thing." And that's sure, whatever. What? How are they gonna be overbearing on one movie and then not overbearing on another? I, I don't know. It's not Marvel. But yeah, Aquaman was very, very colorful, which is not Zack Snyder. So, <laughs> Well, you know, when you go back and think about it too, you know, Wonder Woman was a lot more colorful and things like that. So colorful. So colorful. So yeah, yeah I guess um, I guess we'll see what happens with Flashpoint, if that's going to be colorful. Like, is this suit going to be more red, you know? That's it. That brings up a good question, though, because... I think uh, if you consider a lot of the DC movies that were made during the Sna- during the Zack Snyder run that were not made by Zack Snyder, it's almost like night and day in terms of the look and feel. It's almost like they're trying to distance themselves from him before they even distance <laughs> themselves from him. Um, 
I've got a question for you, whether it's this version or the theatrical version. Were you able to tell that they CGI'd um, his mustache off Superman, Henry Cavill? Uh, in the theatrical version, yeah, absolutely. Uh, during the specific scenes, that's where it's a little bit different. Because if you remember, the theatrical Justice League opened up immediately with the found footage or the, the phone footage of a kid asking him a question. And you could tell it was blatantly obvious that he had something on his lip, that an obstruction on his lip that his mouth couldn't physically move over. And it was so blatantly obvious. It was almost like because of the um, because of the. Uh, um, the way that an eye, the way that a phone camera would look versus, you know, a normal camera that they couldn't quite get it right. Mm-hmm. But to start off your movie on that note, immediately cues me into, oh boy, we're in for a ride. <laughs> uh, and and uh, there was a couple of scenes towards the end I noticed in the red and blue suit uh, that you could tell a little bit mustache, and then the when he was holding up Batman and says, tell me, do you bleed? I could notice. But after watching both of these movies now and knowing what scenes were what mm-hmm. in the original, there were some that got by me. There were some some Superman scenes that got by me where I was like, oh, he did have a must. Oh, man. But So they did a good job some ways, but not across the board. Yeah. All for a mustache. All for a mustache. But, but hey, mustache was worth it because that movie was good. Fallout. I can honestly say Mission I never Impossible saw it. Oh, Jesus. I stopped watching Mission Impossible movies after the fourth one. Oh, but they get... Oh, man, they just get better. Well, not better, they better, better. They, they, they stay on the same even keel of entertainment. Non Like this... If you take out Mission Impossible 2, that is like one of the greatest franchises of all time. Yeah, the second one was just very in weird. Terms of was the was um who was the director was it was it john woo i think it was john woo a lot of dubs yeah but uh yeah i um it's just been they're they're particularly it's like a christopher nolan thing they're particularly well suited for big set pieces and they're always different and they're always well rehearsed thank because of tom Cruise doesn't doing his own stunts of course but i I've yet to like I've yet to see a movie, a Mission Impossible movie that is just some kind of cookie cutter version of itself, where it just goes through the motions or it doesn't doesn't try something out of the box. I'm I'm actually kind of worried that they're gonna start decreasing in 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 quality because they've run out of things to do, you know, like a Simpsons kind of thing, <laughs> where it's like all right, we got no more ideas. Let's just try to run with uh, kind, of, kind of the same stuff we did in the first one and hope they forget about it, you know? that that. But honestly, just just the, the way that they construct this movie, I thought, I thought Fallout might have been the best. Might have been the best. Hmm. Yeah, no, I haven't seen anything past Ghost Protocol, so I didn't like that one. Still a good one. Oh, whatever man i like the third one there's no there's no, sa- there's no saving you Chuck. No. yeah the third one was the third one was the philip seymour hoffman one yep that was the jj abrams one. Oh, that's right mr reboot himself 
Hey, we need uh, you. To, we need you to jumpstart this franchise. I'm in. <laughs> and lens flares, lens flares. Just don't ask me to keep it going. I just want to restart it. I'll back off. Okay. That. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> I will say this. I will say this for him. I have. I truly believe that if you had removed Ryan Johnson from the equation and J.J. Abrams had done all three films, we would be having a completely different discussion right now. Yeah. Well, funny thing is we had this discussion last time. But yeah, I agree I with you. I agree with I you. If they had one director, it, it, it could have been Ryan Johnson the whole way. If it was, as long as it was one director, it would have still ended up with a better product. Yep. It's all about vision, man. It's all about vision. It's it, it, it's Zack Snyder versus Joss Whedon right now. You're like, oh, you want to do it this way? I'm going to do it this way, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, and, you got. I, we could do a whole show on directors and their and their different styles because, like, that that's one thing. That's one thing I like about movies is that you can track based on a director, especially one that's got enough work to 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 look at. You can generally trust what kind of movie you're going to get, and and. Uh, yeah, I, I I know what I'm getting out of Ryan Johnson. Let's be let's be sure about that. Standalone movies only, please. Yeah, you know, like Knives Out, fantastic yes, movie. But they're making a sequel. Uh, what? What? What 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 are they gonna do in a sequel? That movie doesn't deserve a sequel. I don't know if Ryan Johnson's staying on, but I do know that it's gonna be like a um Hercule Perot kind of thing, Agatha, Agatha Christie, th- where they keep they oh, keep which the means same. They're going to have Daniel Craig come right, back with that god right. awful accent with a with a whole different cast, but with him as the mainstay. I'm already not on board with it. <laughs> oh, don't ruin Knives Out. Um, do you have any other thoughts about this movie, Dan, that you would like to share? Uh, I I would only recommend it for people that have seen the original. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I would not recommend it. I mean, unless you're just a fan of Zack Snyder, which by all means, but because yeah. uh, if you haven't seen the original, you don't stand anything to gain by watching this because it's a dead end road. Like we already established a dead end road in terms of themes and, and, and story. It's not going anywhere after this. Uh, it's, it's a, it's a time capsule movie. Like I said, it's, it's something to watch on a rainy day when you just wonder what, what movie we could have gotten. But even then, like I said, there's no way we're ever going to get a four hour version of this movie. Mm-hmm. And e- even when I'm thinking about the four hours that I watched, I could whittle around, I could whittle out maybe an hour, but there's no way I could whittle out more than that. It would still end up being a three hour movie. And I don't know if Warner brothers ever would have been down for that. Yeah. Okay. So I, and, and again, the, as far as the, the, um, it was all, it was all character development and filler scenes. Because the action remained more the same. It was really just the, the set pieces were the, were the same, right? I mean, mm-hmm. we just didn't have a Russian family to worry about. Yeah, and I will say that was definitely a uh, that was definitely a thing that improved the story. Oh not the stupid, not stupid little Russian. Removing family. them. Yeah, just removing this family yes, was yes. a very smart choice. God awful. <laughs> yeah, no red sky, no family to worry about, and then we had the Flash saving the day. Beyond that, like it's the same movie more or less, just with different little tweaks in there, and figuring out how Cyborg's dad died, and you know, like, it was all set up for future movies, and um, you know, I, it it's 
it's a fan event is what it is. It's a fan event. This is, this is like we were just talking about. This is something that doesn't normally happen. You know, usually when a director, usually when a director revisits his work, it's for a special edition DVD release or something. Um, it's a, it's a scene that I left out and realized it, it actually adds more context. I'll add it back in or, you know, it, it's very rare. It's, it's unprecedented to devote time and resources and, and and the actors and the actors wanted to be on board with devoting their time and resources to, to getting this thing out, which kind of just speaks to how poorly the first one was handled. So I, I don't anticipate this being a recipe for success going forward, revisiting movies and, and, and things like that. I just, I don't know. I wish, I think I got what I expected out of this movie. I think I got what I expected. I didn't get what I wanted. <laughs> Mm-hmm. but I got what I expected. Uh, I would have preferred to have seen, um, I would have preferred to have seen like the, the, the direction of the movie take to take a different turn. I, 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 I honestly thought the third act was going to be totally different, but it was really yeah. just the same with some extra elements. Just, yeah, little, little tweaks, little changes. Yeah. And that's, so that's, that's the part where I feel like I wasted some of my life. Cause it's like, all right, it's not really that different. It's just, it's, it's 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 smoother to watch from a scene to scene basis but not from a because you took you took two sittings how many sittings does this take you to watch it took me about four sittings to find oh yeah yeah that's tough it is tough absolutely but i'm glad i did sit through it i'm glad i've i finally got it out of my system and i'm glad that uh, i got to see the differences and but still come to the realization that this is just not the much DC, to say this. Yeah, the the DC universe is doomed minus their few standalones, you know. So Nothing I really feel like Warner Brothers just needs to uh, focus on that and I that's that's their recipe for success, not this unity that Marvel has created. You've nice got to just rely on Nice pun. The unity's dead. Unity's dead. Yes. And the there's no saving Martha now. <laughs> Your mother's um, name is Martha. <laughs> Why did you say that name? Um, no, I think I think the the recipe for success for Warner Brothers is to carve your own lane. Just start making these little one-offs. You know, um, mm-hmm. hey, this is what would have happened if you know. Just just do. You could cast a different Batman every other year, and as long as it's a different story, as long as it's something different with the character, I think fans will still eat it up. Mm-hmm. And we, don't, will. We, don't, we don't need we don't need everything to to bleed in together. You know, just because Marvel pampered us in that way doesn't mean because everyone's tried it and none of them none of them have succeeded at it nope marvel's got marvel's got the secret and they're holding on to it um real quick before we wrap this up want to do a mystery question redemption so (laughs) the first mystery question didn't go very well because it was very very hard so uh, i'm going to Zack snyder this and i'm going to give you (laughs) A new mystery question versus the one that we already gave the people. Uh, no, I actually thought of this when we were talking about Flashpoint. And um, it's a question that uh, I really Would he hope... kill Hitler? I don't know. It's a good question. That's uh, a very good question. <laughs> no, I hope it's a question that DC slash Warner Brothers actually does consider um, addressing at some point. So with the idea of Flashpoint 
and the introduction to the idea that Michael Keaton is reprising his role as uh, Bruce Wayne Batman in this. Do you think that this is an opportunity for them to open the door and finally give us the Batman Beyond movie that fans have been asking for for years? Well, well, so let me let me be clear then. Do you want them to just do a live action of the animated? Is it going to be because is it going to be the same story? Is my question because there's going to be a lot of people. It can be inspired by the same story. It doesn't have to be the exact same stories that were given to us in the animated series, but I mean, it can be inspired by that. The whole idea: older Bruce Wayne training a younger apprentice. Older Bruce Wayne can be Michael Keaton, and and I think he's a perfect opportunity to finally make this a reality. I just wanted to make sure that. We weren't trying to go a beat by beat situation because that's when you get the purists involved. No, no, no. Comic- right. Okay. Uh, do I think that they're setting the stage or do I want them to set the stage for that? Do you think they are setting the stage for that? I don't think they want, I, I, I think that they're going to do a typical Warner brothers thing and leave the door open for it. I don't think, I don't think they can plan that far ahead because they know that their plans have already fell apart. I think they might leave the door open for it, whether it's an Easter egg or or a a quote or something that, Mm -hmm. that hints to a future movie. I think they're going to walk the line. I think, I think they're going to, they're going to all but say it Um, because they could easily, they could easily just yank the rug out from under you and say, Oh, well, it was just a different, uh, different, different reality. Mm -hmm. He's, he's gone now (laughs) or or whatever. Cause I don't, I don't know what the exact, plot line is for for flashpoint but i just know that michael keaton's coming back and that could be like a one-off cameo could just be like a where am i yeah they're making it sound like he's going to play a very significant role in this well and if that's the case uh that would be cool yeah that would be cool because like the idea is simply that they cross realities at some point Mm -hmm. and oh we're here now well here's how I used to do things. Let me show you. Yeah. That would be cool. Um, man, I just wonder, I just wonder if Michael Keaton's on board for that, that whole thing, you know, I think he would be very anxious, not anxious, but I think he'd be very interested to, uh, again, I not Michael Keaton. I can't speak for him, but I would like to think that maybe he would be interested in exploring that, you know, he did play a very good Batman, and I'm excited to see him put on the you know the suit again and become Batman. And but that's the beautiful thing about Batman Beyond is that at this point he wouldn't he wouldn't be playing Batman anymore. He would just be right. playing Bruce Wayne. Right. Yeah. I and 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 uh, it would have to be PG-13 because yeah. Batman can't can't do the Logan arc, you know. But uh, I I I like. I like the idea of it. I like the concept of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just, I just, uh, I worry about, I worry about them, you know, matching the beats of similar stories. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot, a lot of things have been lost now is, is, is creativity in your, in your storytelling. And a lot of those mentorship kind of movies tend to follow the same kind of beats. Um, so I would really hope that they just kind of go different. Michael Keaton's a, Michael Keaton's a very unique uh, uh, person and actor and character. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I I have full faith in him. I, I think Batman and Beetlejuice might have been his two favorite roles that he's ever played. Um, 
So I know he's, he'd probably be chomping at the bit just to come back and just say, I am Batman. <laughs> but whether, and, and it, 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 like you said, it could just be like a one movie thing where he's just mentoring him and, and then that's it. Yeah. And I think yeah. he, I think he'd be on board with that. It's just like the bringing him back for future movies kind of thing that that, that wouldn't seem like and something I, he'd be down for. And I think what makes that uh, an even more receptive idea for even Batman fans is the fact that, you know, we're just tired of getting an origin story every time we get a bat new Batman. Oh, exactly. The hybrid origin stories. Those are the way to go. Yeah. Right. Like super or Superman, Spider-Man homecoming. Like mm-hmm. we didn't need to see everything. Yeah. You know, we he, kind of already know what the backstory is. Exactly. Uh, what, what was another hybrid backstory that they did? Oh, uh, uh, Captain Marvel was a hybrid backstory because she figured it out as she went along, mm-hmm. you know, those, those at least are, are a breath of fresh air. Yeah. You know, again, Marvel ruined origin stories for everybody. <laughs> we got to go a different way now. <laughs> but uh, I think there's a great opportunity there, especially with the idea of bringing back um, a former Batman in an older, you know, an older status and stuff like that. So uh, they make they make it sound like that flat. And, and that's the thing. Like, I'm hoping that, that you know more about this and, and, and maybe I'm just kind of reading a couple of rumors here and there and, and flying off the handle about it. But like what I was gleaning from it is that they're trying to bring in multiple cameos. Like it's not just Michael Keaton, but it's also well, like, yeah, no, 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 no. There's going to be, there's, they're trying to, from what I understand, I'm understanding it the same way you are. Is that Michelle you know, Pfeiffer too or something? Yeah. Yeah. Know. They were, they, they kind of want to bring back all these, but they've made such a big deal about, michael keaton's batman that and the fact that he would play a significant role in assisting barry allen's flash with something that his role is going to be bigger than just a hey i'm here okay i'm gone now you know bye he's going to play a very significant role uh in this storyline so i i'm this is all speculating you know i've been a fan of batman beyond for you know the show for years and so i just i i've always wanted to see a live action movie as long as it's going to be done properly you know and again it goes back to that whole i'm just tired of the batman origin story this would be something different involving batman i will jump off of that point and simply say that i've always been a fan of the grittier batman stories Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's this is this is before the Dark Knight trilogy, right? I mean, like that that was that was the gritty Batman we kind of, or at least I wanted in a real world aspect, right? Even forgetting that 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 trilogy, I always liked the grittier stories. Uh, a Death in the Family. Um, uh, what was it? What was it, what was the other one where? Um, uh, was it a Death in the Family where Barbara Gordon's Barbara Gordon got shot? Was that? Oh, the killing joke. The killing yeah, joke. Killing that was, yeah. 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 So those kinds of grittier stories, those are the ones I wanted to be told. But again, they got to kind of deviate from the source material in some way. We can't just get the same exact story on, on film. Yeah. You can give us something inspired, just not rehash. Give me, me R rated Batman just once. <laughs> Batman. <laughs> Deadpool has really ruined that for all of us. And then that's a, hey, and that's one. That's hey, one more thing. One more good thing I can say about the Snyder Cut. It was R rated. Uh, that you know what? That's very true. Got some blood. Lots of blood and a few. Wonder Woman killed around. some people and, <laughs> and and blew up a guy. That's very true. 
and just Ben Affleck, you know, he's got this whole brooding thing down throughout the whole movie. That's how he looks. Uh, another small thing I noticed, and maybe this is just like in the, in the, in the way, in the process of trying to stitch this movie back together. I noticed that his, his mechanical voice, like his, 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 his voice altering mechanism was, was, in some scenes and not in others yeah, i, I started to think like maybe maybe they didn't quite finish the movie yeah because yeah but they did their best yeah they did their best mm -hmm. uh so uh any other thoughts before i wrap this uh no no i i think i'm good uh release the nolan cut of of uh this movie <laughs> I read somewhere that uh, after the success, well, you know, quote unquote, success of uh, Zack Snyder getting his uh, cut of Justice League done, Peter Jackson has uh, started a campaign, released the Jackson cut of Lord of the Rings, 8.5 days worth of footage. Oh, God. Oh, God. Because because the uh, the extended editions weren't enough. <laughs> uh, the extended editions weren't enough. We I need want more. to, I to need watch more. the movie as it progressed in real time. Yes. Please. I literally want to be reading the book while watching the movie being like word for word. This is what's happening on screen. OK, that's what I want, guys. That's my dream. Uh, that's right. <laughs> well, thank you again for joining me on this uh, discussion of uh, just a, a bizarre movie, a bizarre story of bringing this movie to life. It's just such a unique story on and off uh, of the TV. It, it yeah. you know. Never, never, never see anything like it again. Let's hope we can say that. Yeah, I, 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 your your mouth to Steppenwolf's ears. You know, let's hope we never see something like this happen again. Let this be a once in a lifetime thing that we can think back on. Uh, you know, ages, ages, years down the road and stuff like that, and be like, remember when Hollywood did that? Yeah, thank God they learned from that. Don't do that again um yeah i'm hoping i'm hoping that that snyder cut becomes like a verb and down the down the line you know what i mean like hey let's get this right the first time we don't want a snyder cut you know? <laughs> poor poor zach snyder he's going to just have his name drugged through the mud for the rest of his life well that makes sense it's dark and dreary just like his movies <laughs> In slow-mo. Let's drag him in, in slow-mo. Slow <laughs> uh, I'm going to Spartan kick him. Oh, oh, one more thing. One more thing. What's up? That Wonder Woman theme that they played with the the the, the, the Amazon wailing or whatever. Oh, the, yeah. The, the music that always seemed to cut on. Every, where did that come from? Was that like Snyder's vision also? Why is that in every scene? Um... I'm just going to throw a theory out here, familiar, like familiarity. Yeah, I mean, it's an established theme associated with Wonder Woman, so I guess it's just like... Made me think of Gladiator. Did it? Yeah, it just yeah, made me I think of like... A little bit. Just made me think I'm in like some, some Middle Eastern war, war movie or something. Well, I mean, the Amazonian women are very Gladiator-like, so... <laughs> I, uh, I guess I have so many gripes, so many gripes, not enough time, not enough time. Uh, we'll save it for another time. Uh, so, yeah, that was uh, our very, very brief look into uh, this uh, Zack Snyder cut of Justice League. Um, you know, 
I guess as time goes on and we've had more time to digest this movie, more opinions and stuff like that are going to go out. Uh, I know a lot of my uh, fellow podcasters out there have released their thoughts and opinions on this. So I invite everybody to go look up all the different shows. Um, so many mixed emotions, so many mixed reviews. All I can say is, is that uh, I'm actually kind of over the whole superhero thing. When's the, what's the next big fad here in Hollywood? Uh, can we have that now, please? question because you know we, we had uh we had disaster movies for a while there and then superheroes have been running now for 15 years mm-hmm. uh yeah what's next we're we gonna have like a bunch of uh uh outbreak kind of movies now you know oh. after covid we're we gonna have but like a whole bunch of uh virus virus uh p- pandemic kind of movies i think so right <laughs> i i think so too i think there's going to be a lot of uh um we're going to see a lot of pandemic style movies uh like you said outbreaks a very good um a very good uh, reference point there uh we'll see a lot of um we'll see a lot of family also just a lot of family style movies you know like that whole nostalgia of wanting to be with your family and things like that but it's going to be done in different ways you know uh see a lot of movies depicting zoom calls and things like that uh the world this whole thing has changed the world in their mindset and it has an effect on art. So yeah, I can see that definitely bleeding over into I, art. I can yeah. see uh, I can see the horror genre really picking up on this as well and doing their twist on it. So I mean I agree. they're actually already doing that. There's uh there's a few good movies that you can find on uh Shudder and things like that where they're they're taking the event, not not the exact events, but the idea of like Zoom calls and stuff like that and giving them their nice little horrific twists. So um, we're, we're already starting to see the 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 shift, I guess, in um, inspiration and style of movie that we're getting. But as far as like your big tentpole ideas, I don't think the superhero thing is dying anytime soon. Uh, it, it only exists so long as the these stories and angles exist so far marvel still has an angle mm-hmm. um and you know we'll, we'll have to see where the next batman uh, leaves us mm-hmm. because right now it's all pipe dreams as far as the existing characters you know what i mean like at some point this this can't go the way of comic books this can't go the way of comic books you know where we just keep killing off and bringing back and killing off and bringing back and things like that like you can't just keep keep rebooting franchises forever no but hollywood is sure gonna try they're gonna try (laughs) if i have to live through six spider-men in my lifetime (laughs) i know that that's so weird to think about in less than 20 years we've had three different spider-men in essentially three different franchises and it's fascinating and just kind of weird all at the same time but yeah yeah we've also had so many batmans in our lifetime too so i just i don't know man that's that's fair that's fair i i you're right um but i think like you said it's the stretch of time between the spider-man that's the thing yeah there was a there was a good 10-year hiatus between batman movies wasn't there uh, between uh, Batman and Robin, and then Batman. Batman Begins. and Robin was Batman and Robin. 
Batman and Robin was 97. Oh, okay. So right, almost 10 years. 10 years. It was about eight years. Okay. So that, that's a long stretch. And I, I looking back on that, how did they even, <laughs> they even last that long? Yeah. But yeah, the fact that Spider-Man, it was like, we didn't even know Andrew Garfield and then we were already moving on to the next one. Which is a shame. Uh, I didn't mind Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man. But whatever. Um. Anyway, so join. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, Chuck. yeah. Thanks Thank you for back. being here. Uh, our conversations always are a fun experience. Uh, I always tell uh, certain people that uh, even if I just have a phone call with them, I really feel like I should be recording this conversation because a lot of times, you know, I know you and I talk movies a lot, but there's a lot of people I talk movies with. It's like, damn, we have some really good thoughts or ideas, and I really wish I would have caught that. Um, yeah. But I'm glad that we, these, we get to have these the meandering. The meandering conversations lead to a lot of different yeah. uh, hot takes. Absolutely. Uh, speaking of uh, fun meandering hot takes, not really. But uh, next week, I'm going to be joined by my brother again. He is uh, joining us after a little hiatus after I've been doing Lord of the Rings and stuff like that. And interestingly enough, we're going to be talking about a kind of a superhero movie, Brightburn. Anti-hero. The anti-hero. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What if Superman was bad? Uh, story. Uh, I love this movie. I think it's a great movie. Have you ever seen it? I have not. And and that's a fault of my own. It's also the same reason why I haven't seen The Boys. It's just uh, just, a, just a lack of devotion to, to, to picking it up. But uh, I, I've heard good things. Matt, 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 I take that back. I've heard mixed things. I've heard mixed things. There were things about it I I wish could have been done like cliche almost as far as like a horror story or something like that. But then I I kind of just I like this interesting take. You know, like what if Superman was bad? This is how it would have turned out. Or I mean, you know, as a kid, I mean, so this is how it's, how it would have progressed. And I'm like, wow, this is a very interesting idea and a different because uh, it could have easily gone the other way. Yeah. It very it could have very easily gone the other way. So, um. I highly recommend this, especially, movie. especially if you if you take a mental health aspect to it, it's 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 really um, a new take on on something that we don't normally associate with superheroes. Like, what if they're what if they're conflicted? Yeah. Um, and I I will, I will say that yeah, have you seen Chronicle? Yes. I feel like Chronicle did Brightburn a disservice because it came out first, and we kind of already got a taste of what would a kid with superheroes that was you know had had bad intentions look like because i do tend to associate those two movies together i think what works in brightburn's favor i mean not to say that chronicle was not um was not as well known because i i saw chronicle before brightburn and stuff like that but i think what works in brightburn's favor is uh it had a little bit more uh quote unquote star power behind it so i I feel like it got a little bit more uh publicity and uh more uh, had a wider spread i mean you have elizabeth banks in this movie uh james uh james gunn's name is attached to it's james gunn right he did the he james gunn's guardians of the galaxy yeah but i can't remember if he like produced this movie or it all of a sudden escaped me hold on i'm gonna look it up real quick brightburn 
What part of what part of uh, Justice League are you at? Um, they're they're in Russia and they're uh, trying to. They already took down the dome. Flash is doing circles around. Oh my god, we almost finished the movie. We almost finished the movie here. Um, it wasn't James Gunn, but it, uh, anyway, yeah. So Brightburn, uh, it's got Elizabeth Banks in it, and it's just it has a. I feel like it has just a little bit more uh, star power pushing it. I guess is where I was really going with that. Versus Chronicle, I mean Chronicle did have Dane DeHaan, and um. But at that time, he really wasn't that big of a name. Um, Dane DeHaan, he's still not that big of a name uh, unless you are a fan of his movies in general. But anyway. Well, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll have to watch it uh, this week before before the podcast. Yeah. So it's a good one. I'm excited to talk about it. But uh, I am ready to wrap this up because I have been up since 3 o'clock this morning and I'm ready to go to bed. So, guys... Thank you for joining us again. And it has been a pleasure to talk about movies. Also with my buddy, Dan, who I don't see enough of. So anytime, man, anytime. Have me back. Yes. Anytime. And then you need to come down here to Wilmington. Just saying, just saying, um, don't show me those breweries. You keep talking about. Absolutely. Uh, guys, uh, be safe out there. You know, if you're getting your vaccine, great. If not, then, you know, tomorrow. Oh, you're getting First your tomorrow? tomorrow. Yay. Yep. I got my first one a couple of weeks ago and I'm getting my second one on Thursday. So I'm excited. I'm going to have my second one in time for Cinco de Mayo. <laughs> <laughs> That's fun. That's awesome. That's awesome. But uh, stay safe out there. Wear your mask. Do all that fun stuff. And uh, I will see you all at the movies. Air hugs, Chuck. Air hugs.